last few years we've we've consistently had to play anywhere from two to four quarterbacks you also have to remember that we have a um you also have to remember that we have a um you know we have a new coach we had players suspended i want to say the day before the day game, of, the day of the game and one of those players was a guy that i was talking about that could possibly break my record yeah and and so when you have all those things going on you're in a rebuilding process. I mean, it's just going to happen. I was part of I me. Mean, when we were in the ACC, I was part of one of those games for the state beaters. Maybe not by that many points, but, um, you know, it, it happens. I fe- see, you're right. I remember that. First of all, that Florida State team that we played was probably one of the, that, like, that's an historically great Florida State football program. And you're right. But in that game, which was, you know, as bad as you could get back then, was 52 to, like, 14 or 7, right? So now it's like we're going in the wrong direction. And we're, I mean, I'm, I'm accustomed to that. I, I can lose by the 30 point, 40 point. It's like now when we became that team, we're like, we're the team you scheduled for homecoming. We're the guaranteed win. We're the, guy, we're the team that guys, hey, if you're a Heisman candidate, this is where you get your stats up. You know, people, whereas though I feel like Ohio State went into that game with their only purpose was to beat us by more points than Michigan beat us by the week before because they're playing against each other in the poll. And it's like, how did we get there as a measuring stick? Not necessarily being competitive, but to an also run. Go ahead, DJ. When you when you want to take money and move to another conference and you got to play against these powerhouses, but that's what they do, that's what you're going to get. And they go Nebraska next And then this, this, and Nebraska ain't, this week. Ain't getting much better. No. Nah. It's rough. No, it's not. Do you, do you really see a, a happy ending in this? Yeah, dude, you're talking about programs who are already established. And we also have to look at this. When you talk about the University of Maryland, let's just be honest. You've never really talked. Bobby Ross. It's not a football program. It's not a football program. It's not a football program. Coach Friesen did a great job of of taking the players that that Coach Loxley had a huge responsibility in bringing in when when he took Vandy's players. Uh, for the first two years, and that was the right place, right time. It was the right down place. Year FSU, it was the right time. Down, down year, down year Tech, for the whole ACC. Right. It was a down year for the whole ACC. Clemson, Tech, all you of them had kind of just team, fallen off. You take over a team where, where the so-called quote-unquote best player is gone. So now you have a fight for who's going to be who's going to be Mister Everything. I mean, it was it was a perfect situation. So. I don't want to say how can we, how do we get in this situation. I think it's just a matter of being patient, letting Coach DJ do what he do, and and us get out of that situation. Coach Friesian came came to Maryland. He did a great job of of getting us some win. He did a great wins. He did a great job of making us relevant. But now that we're in the Big Ten, I've never thought that the Big Ten was better than the ACC. That's just how I felt. Um, and at the time that I played as a true freshman, we played against number one Florida State one week and number three North Carolina the following week. So, uh, you know, we just have to give it some time. And, and that's what it comes down to. I think Coach DJ is going to do a great job of recruiting. 
and he's rebuilding a program that was never a football. He's basically trying to build a football program at a school that was never really a football program. Okay, real quick before we get out of this topic, and DJ, you can also chime in on this. Um, you guys are both from this area, went to high school in this area, both been highly recruited from this area. You, DJ, is the number one player in the country in basketball, and Lamont, I don't remember what your high school ranking was, but obviously it was pretty high. What, the, and, and growing up in this area and just being around in this area, right here in PG County, from where we sit in this house right now, we could throw a rock and probably hit three NFL players' houses. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a lot of NFL talent right here in this PG County. Why isn't the University of Maryland more attractive <laughs> to in-state students? I understand, DJ, your situation a little bit different because of because uh, the Gary, and we've talked about that before. But So I'm not going to say necessarily you give your personal experience, but just what do you think it is in this area about people not wanting to go to Maryland? Um, Football-wise, I, I can't tell you. Um, basketball, before, they, I don't think they – they they didn't want it to recruit like the top guys. They're guys who went there, but you got you know number one guys and yeah. Gary um, didn't want that. Gary Gary didn't want that. Gary wanted to win with his guys. He wanted to win with seniors mm-hmm. and guys. He didn't want one and done kind right. of guys. So got that. They didn't really recruit them guys that hard. That's why so many talented basketball players have slipped away because Maryland's a great great school, great campus. I mean, it's a great city. Do you think kids in PG County want to go to Maryland? Um, I don't know. Sometimes people want to get away. Yeah. Especially now, not being in ACC, it's not, it's not more attractive. No, that absolutely, I agree with you. Lamont? Football-wise, I mean, when Alabama can come to Prince George's County, I mean, let's just be real. Nick Saban comes and sits in your, in, in your front. In, in. If Nick Saban comes and talk to you, and 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 Etzel was to come and talk to you. Right. I mean, let's be honest. No, absolutely. You know, even Penn State. I mean, we can go. Th- we can go. Th- we can go down the line. I think what's happening is, um, from a football standpoint, um, if you want to go pro, go to the other schools. From my experience in Maryland, um, you know, you hear the stories. I mean, we hear stories about you know. I mean, it's it's college it's college sports. Guys get money sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, that's not an experience that I had. Me neither. So maybe Maryland's just one of those schools that we're not getting big recruits because maybe we're not willing to do the things that some of these recruits want that other schools are willing to do right. um, that's, that, that, that has our kids leaving. And I hit on the point that for some of these kids, it's best that they go to a school that's outside of the state. And with you and I growing up here, being here, uh, you know, we understand the reason why it's best that's for some of the guys that, that they just leave, relocate, and go to another city, go to another state. When you came out of high school, Lamont, was the um, was the NFL in your mind? Yeah, I mean, NFL was in my mind as a kid, but I, my mindset was, okay, I have to get through high school, earn a scholarship. All right, now, I earned a scholarship. Now that I'm here in, in, in college, it's okay, now I have to compete here in the college level, and then once it's over with, wherever I land, that's where I land. I didn't think that – I've always wanted to go, but the reality that the NFL was right in front of me really didn't hit me until – my junior year after that University of Virginia game, when people were telling me after my junior after year. After your junior year. After my junior year that I should come out early. That was, that's when, dang, you know, NFL is, is right in front of my face. I think a large part of it, and from the outside looking in, is something that I would think about with my kids. We see a guy now who's doing really well in the NFL, and that's Stephon Diggs. And Diggs was the number <laughs> one player in the country out of high school. Was he? Yeah, he was. He was, he was the man. 
I'm sure you remember that. Yeah. I remember we yeah. went to a basketball game and they were recruiting him big time. And I think they asked you to go speak to the kid and whatever the case may be. So he's highly recruited right here, goes to Maryland, does exceptionally well at Maryland, mm-hmm. especially considering what was available to him as a, as a, as a quarterback and an offensive line and whatever. But he was every time he took the field at Maryland, he was the best player on the field. Mm-hmm. He leaves as a six-round draft pick. I think you take note of that. You, you know what I mean? That here's a kid, yeah. went out as number one, went there, performed well, and, you know, was one round away from being undrafted. And I think that that's something that kids in neighborhoods look and be like, whoa, like how quickly you can go and be nothing. Whereas though we see kids every year, there's going to be three kids drafted from LSU and Alabama who didn't even play this year. You know, I mean, who, did, do, who didn't even who didn't even touch the field. And I think that you realize that. And I think the kids register like, yo, you go to Maryland, you ball out, and if everything goes perfect for you, you might get drafted. Whereas though you say you go to Alabama, LSU, like you said, you go to Ohio State, Michigan, and if you just go there, yeah, you know, you're you're halfway, you got one foot in the NFL already. We were talking about that last night about how there's <coughs> there's kids on the Alabama bench right now, not playing at all. And they know that the nine guys are gonna go to the NFL, at least on Alabama, and they're going to come in and play one year, and they're going to go the next year, and they're going to just keep ran up. So they'll they'll go there and and sit down and not play because they know as soon as their time comes up, that coach will have them in the right positions. If they're doing what they're supposed to do, they're going to get drafted. I remember having a conversation with you, Lamont, though, and you were talking about the what scared you back in your recruiting <clears throat> days about the Big Ten schools is that what they like to do is draft you as uh, – uh, bring you on as this, and then when you get there, ask you to do something completely different, ask you to be a linebacker or a safety or cornerback and whatever the case may be. How much do you think that plays a part into it? It can play a part into it. Because um, you remember that conversation? Yeah, yeah, that happened. I mean, I almost, I almost committed to Michigan when I took my visit to Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, it kind of, you know, somebody told me, you know, kind of pay attention to what's going on there. You know, they, they have a tendency to take guys who are from out of state and convert them to defensive backs. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, get an opportunity to talk to some people. Um, that was that was the case. Now, there's not it's not to say that that would have happened to me, but at the same time, I don't know. I committed to Carolina. I wanted to go to Carolina. Um, at the last minute, they pulled back, took the scholarship away from me. And on the weekend that I was supposed to go to Carolina, I wound up going to Maryland that weekend. And that's the weekend that, that, that I committed to Maryland. Um, but you never know what the mindset of a guy who, who's being recruited is. I just wanted to play football. I wanted, you know, I had an opportunity. I wanted to go to, when I was in high school, I thought I was going to North Carolina Central. All right. I didn't play my ninth grade year. I played JV my 10th grade year. Didn't get, I got, played JV your 10th grade year. Got benched the first game of my junior year. Didn't get any running back time. Uh, when I came out of high school, I was like fifth as far as backs. Uh, in the area, you know, Jason Hatala, who was one of my wide receivers, he was ranked higher than me. Um, so all those things, as far as I, for me, I just wanted to compete. Now you have guys who are okay with, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go to this school, I'm gonna ride the bench for two or three years, and I'm gonna play for one year and hope that that gets me to the NFL. I just wanted to play football. Yeah. I knew that college gave me four years. I had four years to play, and I had four years to catch the eyes of the NFL scouts. And at the end of the day, I was blessed to have a have a a uh, a nice nine year. Uh, NFL career. So it's really all about the person and what what are you looking for? If you're just looking to go to the NFL, then hey. You know, <laughs> if maybe, you're just looking to go to the NFL? Then hey. That's you can, all you care about. You can, you can, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is you can, you can, you if, 
What I'm saying is there are guys who don't mind sitting out of college, riding the bench for three years, hoping for that one opportunity to play right. and get a look by the NFL. Me, if I'm going to go to practice and I'm going to put on these pads, <laughs> I want to play. Yeah. And if the NFL is going to be there for me, then the NFL is going to be there for me. That was my mindset. So do you think with, with this coach, y'all can compete and recruit You know, with these guys in your division? Yeah. Yeah, you can. It's just a matter of time. It's a matter of finding guys who want to come and be a part of something special. Yeah. Opposed to having it. guys who just want to be a part of what's already made. My thing That's is, something is that special. I, I think that there is enough talent in Maryland. Forget Maryland. There's enough talent in PG County to compete. You know what I mean? And, 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 with, with Michigan, with Ohio State? If you get the Maryland talent. with that, If you leave all the top players in Maryland in Maryland... You know what I mean? Ohio and Michigan are huge uh, states. You know what I mean? But there's there's plenty of talent in Maryland, and it's just seeping out here, there. One player goes that Penn State was for a while there, was coming down here and just raiding everything. But them guys can go anywhere and get recruits. Yeah, no, they do. Harbaugh. Yeah, no, they do. They're coming um, right here. And, um, and Lamont hit the nail right on the head. If if Saban sits in your living room and, and the Maryland guy sits in the living room. Most people don't even know who the Maryland guy is. That's the reason we're just calling him the Maryland guy. That's what I'm saying. My <laughs> advice, my advice to, to you guys, man. Um, um, my man ain't got no job. Um, Les Miles, Les Miles don't got a job. You want to compete with Harbaugh? You want to compete with um, when, my man Ohio State? When, when that coach, when Calipari comes in the living room and says, "I'm going to get your kid, your kids in the NBA," I believe him. Because yeah. his track record is there. If Nick Saban says, did you watch Monday Night Game last night? Yeah. Half of those players are mine. You know, like, yeah. okay, yeah. Like, I, I trust him. When uh, when the Maryland coach comes and says, I'm going to get your kid in the NFL, I'll be like, like who? Like, who else did you put in the NFL? You know, and he'll be like, oh, there's one guy on this team. There's one guy. Like, nah, that's that's not the odds I'm looking for. The one guy here and the one guy here. And you're right. As long as the Big Ten is going to have Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer put half the NFL in the, when he was down there in Florida. Yeah. And Harbaugh, he just came from the NFL. You know what I mean? So he definitely knows what it takes to get and you to the NFL. You're losing 60 to these guys. The games aren't back close. Back weeks. Yeah. yeah. It's about 100 points in but two weeks. Les Miles, that's a good name. What about um, the ball coach, Spurrier? I think he's done. Yeah, I don't think he's got But got the, But there's no sense in even talking about a new coach in Maryland mm-hmm. when we have a coach in Maryland. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to look at this. This man is is... He's trying... He's taking over a program that the last good head coach you had was back in 2001, 2002, all right? We then went, as, as, as a university, we just spent the last four or five years not having a quarterback. And if you look at the NFL, look at the teams in, who, who are in, NFL, in the NFL who, have, who don't know, don't have security at the quarterback position. That's what we've been dealing with in Maryland. And at the end of the day, yes, you have to compete with Ohio State, and yes, you have to compete with Michigan. And yes, we could talk about all the talent that Maryland has, this, that, and the third. At the end of the day, it's Big Ten, it's big-time college football. And what we have to do is get guys who want to compete, not get all the guys that everybody else didn't want. And I think that that's what's happening. I think that we're getting guys that nobody else really wanted. We were probably the only big-time Division One mm-hmm. school that recruited them hard, mm-hmm. and so they wound up coming to Maryland. I mean... Right. As, as as harsh as it may sound, it's it's a harsh reality. I don't see how that changes. It's not. I think Harbaugh's in his second year. It's not going to change. Harbaugh's in his He's, second it's year. Gonna get, it's going to get but worse. With the like, thing, I don't think so. I don't how? think so. He ain't even got all his guys in there yet. Because as much as we love, as much as we could talk about Harbaugh and as much as we could talk about Urban Meyer, 
at the end of the day, there are so many kids out here that are looking for scholarships that you can find those kids. What you have to do is stop getting everybody else's garbage that nobody else <laughs> wanted yeah, and well, start really getting these guys who, who are just flat-out ballers. You yeah. hardly get some four or five stars in here when – when when they when they see when you you bring them on their visit, <laughs> they're the, losing to the, to the sixty Ohio points. State game to the yep. Michigan game, you lose by sixty and fifty points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what? As a competitor, if I'm being recruited by this school and I'm looking at where can I go to make a difference as a competitor, I'm sitting there and I'm saying, okay, I can be the difference. Yeah, yeah. And those are the type of guys that that we need to get in here. And you also have to look. You have to, you have to look. I don't know how easy it is to get into these other universities, but the University of Maryland isn't. I mean, at MG, you could probably probably speak to that. It's, um, no, it's definitely not easy to get into some university. Pretty tough requirements to get up in the school, and it's not like that you can just bend the rules and break the rules for 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 any and everybody. Like I'm sure most other colleges do. So there's a lot that plays into it, but I just think that you just have to give Coach DJ some time. We're not Ohio State. We're nope. not Michigan. Nope. We're talking about two football programs that have a long, long history of being dominant. And my, and and I couldn't I, everything you I agree with you Ohio State Michigan those schools got fifty sixty years of tradition behind them and I fully respect that and I didn't expect to be them I just didn't expect to be FAMU like I I didn't I didn't expect to be the laughing stock I didn't expect to be the we play this team let's get your stats up game that's all all right we can move I mean like because that's what we've become I mean yeah. literally um we hop right into the NFL DJ what we got for that Thursday night game a one what those records last week it was terrible you said yeah. Um. <laughs> DJ was seven and seven. MG was that's there right there. Five and five and nine, five and eight. Mm. Oh, five I, and nine, and uh, Lamont well, was six and eight. We don't know if y'all here. A one. I was seven and seven. MG was five and nine. Yeah. And Lamont was six and eight. That's bad. That's a bad week, boy. I, we've Zero. never had a week like this. Nah. Ever. Five to go five and nine, you'd almost have to be trying. You could just randomly pick them without knowing anything. <laughs> And you know you got a fifty-fifty chance when you pick. It's only two teams playing, so for you to go five and nine, but I mean, hey, it balances out because what was a, what, the other week like twelve and one or something like that? Yeah, well, there you go, right back down to earth. What was that Thursday night game, boss? Well, was it the Cleveland Baltimore? <clears throat> yes, it was Baltimore at Cleveland. Another action-packed Thursday night game. These games literally just get worse by the uh, by the minute. Only thing because we don't want to spend all the time on on useless games, which this appears to be. Um, that the. the Steven, the only thing I want to take out of this game, Steve Smith broke a couple of records and da-da-da-da, and we got into a little debate or discussion in our group. And, Lamont, I'll pose it for you, the, just the numbers that was out there. Steve Smith or Michael Irvin? Man, as much as I can't stand Michael Irvin, that's, you know what, that's tough. I tell you now, the numbers are not even close. That's, are you talking about who would I take or are we yeah, just talking about off numbers? Are you trying to sway him? No, 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 I just want to say. Are you talking about who would I take between those two or yeah, who yeah. has better numbers? No, well, who has better numbers isn't a debate. That's just a fact. Smith Smith's numbers are drastically better. But who do you think was a better receiver? Man, I'm going to go Steve Smith, Joe. DJ, I know you were just arguing, but did you have a final stance? I like, I like. I just don't feel like I can take Steve Smith over Michael Irvin. I know you don't like small receivers. I, yeah, I'm really not a fan of small <coughs> receivers like that. But he's a small receiver that works the middle and outside. He's no, nah, he does. He's he plays he plays big. He's he plays strong, real he's big, tough. right? But I mean, Michael Irvin was was a big part 
of three of, Super Bowls. Of, of, of a dynasty. Mm-hmm. And and like I, like I said, I said I seen something before with Troy Aikman with just saying how you know how his numbers are are deceiving too because he said he can make every throw. He can have a lot of the numbers that you know Marino and Montana, some of these guys have, but they were running offense. He wasn't required to do all that. And he just did what, you know, he was asked to do. And the same with Michael Irvin. His numbers weren't great because Emmitt Smith's numbers were great. They didn't have to, you know, they didn't have to, you know, it was a different league. Mm-hmm. They didn't pass the ball like that. Steve Smith playing in the league, but they passed the ball every time. Steve Smith played on a lot of bad teams. Matter of fact, he spent the majority of his and, time on bad teams with and bad and quarterbacks. What, and, what, and what happens with that, when you play on a bad team, you're the only person that's good, you're going to have them numbers. Yeah, really? Because DeAndre Hopkins I, says I, otherwise. I'll I tell you what. Alshon Jeffrey says otherwise. It's a lot of bad receivers out there. I mean, a lot of people oh, on bad receivers. number's not bad. I mean, sure she's been on and off the field. Yeah. Year. Here's mm-hmm. my thing. Here's my thing when I'm looking at Steve Smith and I'm looking at Michael Irvin. Now, we can talk about the size difference. Michael Irvin was playing on a team where your tight end, your fullback, your halfback, yeah, everybody. three or four of your offensive <laughs> linemen were all, and your quarterback were all Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. All right, pro bowlers and Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. All right, he did it in one system. Steve Smith, from what I see from the time that he's been in the NFL, this, it doesn't matter who you put on his team. It doesn't matter who his quarterback is. He's going to get his. Mm-hmm. He just has a way of, of, of just making things work. So from that standpoint, I'll go. I'll go Steve Smith. He can get off bump and run. You can put him in a slot. He has no problem going in and cracking a safety. He mm-hmm. plays with excitement. Uh, he's consistent. And, and I don't. from Steve Smith, I don't have to worry about the diva. Regardless if he's getting the ball or not, he's going to go out there and play hard. He's going to run hard. And he's going to talk trash. And he's going to do his part to 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 get underneath the defensive skin. So, I mean, I'll go. If I had to pick as an offensive coordinator, as a play caller, give me Steve Smith over Michael Irvin. Well, I don't know if he's a diva before you go, MG. I, I wouldn't call him a diva, but he's, he's Who, not. Michael Irvin? Nah, Steve Smith. Oh, oh he, okay. He's okay. not a diva maybe, but he, he has his distractions. He has his outbursts where he's, you know, you know, clash even with teammates, beating teammates up or, mm-hmm. you know, fighting guys in another team. Well, he has no problem voicing his opinion about anything. It's not quiet. No, it's not quiet Definitely at all. It's not. My difference is I just feel like you can line Steve Smith up anywhere, outside, inside, move him around, underneath, go up top, whatever the case may be. And he's as tough as they come, tough as nails. And the only advantage I see Michael Irvin having over him is height. That's literally the only – where Steve Smith – at one point in time, won the NFL. Matter of fact, I think it was back-to-back years when the NFL's fastest man. So we're not talking about a guy who's just kind of fast. We're talking about a guy who has, you know, elite NFL speed. Mm-hmm. And um, But anyway, we can get back to the point. That was a good debate when was, I saw them on the set afterwards and just watching them and they put their two numbers up. Um, this game was awful as they – going into halftime, I think it was 6-7 to seven or something. No, the, the Ravens were actually down. <coughs> and then at which point – the Ravens, the Browns, excuse me, Hugh Jackson decides that he wants to bench his quarterback after just naming him the starter for the rest of the year. He benches him at halftime and goes with another quarterback. And I remember going into the beginning of the year, I told you I felt like Hugh Jackson made a mistake by taking that job. And I think what happens, especially to the black coaches, is that so few coaching opportunities are presented to you that when they do come along, you just grab them. And I'm pretty sure Hugh Jackson has just grabbed his job. He will lose it. And there won't be any more head coaching jobs coming his way anytime soon because he has coached two places that fire coaches with no reason, no rhyme or reason, back to back, and there's not going to be a third chance for him. A few comments from uh, Robert Black. It's going to be tough for Maryland to get it together in football. 
Let's not, not forget Irvin career was cut short because of his neck injury. Mm-hmm. Steve Smith was a dog, though. No, absolutely. Um, but do you get what I was saying, DJ, about the Hugh Jackson situation? Yeah, I mean... But they're going to fire him. And that's going to be... Quick. That'll be quick. Yeah, oh, yeah. But they're, that's yeah, what they do over there. I'm pretty sure they'll take him back in, um, <laughs> in Cincinnati where, you know, they had success last year. And now they're not having the same success. No, as, a, as an assistant. Without him, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he was dealt with a bad hand. Very bad. That's an understatement. Yeah. I mean, that is an understatement. An under, uh, I mean, a bad hand. That, that, yeah, that's putting it nicely. That, that's putting it nicely. I don't want to say anything else about this game. This game was awful. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay, Chicago. Jay Culler had two interceptions early. I didn't, I didn't see this game. I just... It's, it's like the first quarter or something we, we see under the bottom of the screen. He's like, man, Jay, just being Jay again. Who, uh, what were the picks in that game? I picked Chicago, and I think I was the only one. I think you guys both picked Tampa Bay. I picked Bay. Tampa Bay. Picked, okay, sure. yeah, okay. Yeah, I know I picked Tampa Bay. Um, this was just one of those games where two two teams that mean absolutely nothing to the NFL right now <laughs> were playing one another, and one team put up 36 points. The other team only put up 10, and I think that that's pretty much the best way you can you can sum this game up. There's really not much there. Alshon Jeffrey uh, suspended for four games for um, PEDs, and Jay Cutler just looks horrible again. And then again, after the game, there's rumors about his teammates saying that they're just flat out uh, giving up on him, really? and they, and they're that they are embarrassed by his lack of preparation for the game. That wow. was the that was a direct comment wow. by several players out of the Bears locker room. Um, I just don't think Cutler cares really, and. Um, I think the fact is is that there's not now when they get rid of him at the end of the day there's while no matter how bad Jay Cutler is there's not 32 quarterbacks better than him so at the end of the day he has to start somewhere mm-hmm. and uh, you know you, you ask yourself if you get rid of Jay Cutler what are you going to end up with a uh, Case Keelum uh, one of these other guys who are just career backups and he really aren't any better because you know you ask yourself is the best Case Keelum better than a half Jay, you know, Jay Cutler on any given day can be the best quarterback of football, and you're just probably not going to get that that often. So you just take your chances and say, hey, hopefully one of these days, you know, it shows up. But uh, the Jay Cutler experiment is just bad, and it's an expensive one at that. But I do think it's just about over. And his one touchdown was a Hail Mary. Yep. All right, go ahead. Next one. Green Bay at Tennessee. Um, Green Bay is very bad, and this is not a R-E-L-A-X situation. Mm-hmm. They're bad. I watched – all of this game, they were done early. I mean, they they beat them right out the gate and just kept going and kept going. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers looked disgusted. The looks he gives his teammates is if, like, this is ridiculous. We're all wasting each other's time out here. And I'm when you're losing, and I get an Aaron Rodgers league MVP, all of that, you have to wonder, Lamont, I'll let you answer this. When you the court, like, he's the great one, right? And he's starting to give these guys these looks, and, and then he calls them out in the media. At a certain point, doesn't the locker room be like, yo, you're not perfect either? You know what I mean? You feel what I'm saying, DJ? And it's like, you keep pointing everything out, and it's like, yes, we suck, but we're trying to, and we're just not that good. Put it this way. I would never. Okay? Uh-huh. All right? When I was in Oakland, maybe, uh-huh. with that quarterback situation. Right. I would never even think about looking at Tom Brady that way and saying, well, we're trying. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're making mistakes too. 
That's Tom Brady. He's earned the right to make some mistakes. Aaron Rodgers has earned the right to look at because he's been there. Right. This man sat on the bench. First of all, let's let's look at let's look at him from his NFL career. All right. Projected to go one place, go to an NFL draft, and you have to sit there and wait to be drafted a heck of a lot later than you anticipated. Then you have to sit behind a guy that you just watch run around throwing all types of passes, recklessly playing reckless, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you come in, you play, you have success. Uh, I want to say you got a Super Bowl ring. Go ahead. You can see, you can. he can feel that. That What, what I'm hearing from, from Aaron Rodgers is a sense of urgency. And if you're a young player on that team, what you need to do is you either need to get on board or, or fake an injury or something. <laughs> you're still going to get paid. Fake an injury, let these guys who who actually care, let them play. So if Aaron Rodgers wants to say, look at the guys funny, that's Aaron Rodgers. Put it this way. If anybody on that Green Bay team, I don't care who you are. If I'm a player in that locker room and they have anything to say about what Aaron Rodgers has to say, I'm going to look at them and say, who are you? That's Aaron Rodgers. That ain't going to work. Press that red button, but that, that that ain't showing us. Lamont's, Lamont's not in that picture. She told us to the side, see if it, see if it still show up. Yeah, we're having some technical difficulties right here. Yeah, 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 like that. Yeah, that's fine. But it's going to show up that way on the... Um... Nah. But the point is, that Green Bay team isn't good, and they're not winning anything. <coughs> they're not. Like, they're... I don't, I don't know what their situation is. You could probably go upside down. Good work. Good job. For they're, what? they're not winning anything. They're just not. They're not. I, they're I, not a good team. Tennessee's not even that good of a team, and Tennessee beat the brakes off. I watched this game. I mean, I actually thought Aaron Rodgers played well. Um, the two interceptions was one trying to throw a hail mary, mm-hmm. and another one at the end of the game where they was already down. He just just throwing it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he played well. Jordy Nelson had his best game of the year. Devontae Adams, you know, he caught a lot of yards. They just couldn't. Their defense was horrible. They couldn't stop. They couldn't stop. Um, Mariota threw four touchdowns. They couldn't stop Tennessee at all. Now, he can't play on that end. Good job, Avon. Go ahead. Aaron Rodgers can't play on that end of the field. And at some point in time, he he does have to. I don't feel like he even called anybody out. He's just saying. No, no, no. I was all, just saying the looks. Go ahead. Yeah, we we, we, we all, we all got to play better. We got to figure it out. And, <laughs> and like I said, I thought, I thought he played well. He just don't have. Clay Matthews is hurt. And DeMarco Murray running all over the place. Mariota throwing all over the place. They just couldn't get stops. Go ahead, Lamont. You had Clay Matthews who was out. You had your starting cornerback who was out. You have your safety who was questionable. Uh, you're playing without your I mean, your tight end who was doubtful. That's definitely I'm, not going to work. I mean, you're Put playing. On the table, A1. You're playing with the guys who. There you go. You're playing with guys who That's who are banged up. With a yeah. wide receiver, I mean, you also got to think Randall Cobb was coming. He, I mean, the week before last week, he only played in the second half of the game because he was coming off of an injury. So, um, when you look at what's going on in Green Bay, it's unfortunate because we keep we keep thinking that hey, you know, we keep hearing the name Green Bay, Green Bay, and we're expecting so much out of them. But at the end of the day, we have to remember this about Green Bay: they have Aaron Rodgers. We were having this same conversation last year. Mm-hmm. All right, what's going on with Green Bay? What's going on with Green Bay? And if I'm the Green Bay Packers right now, I feel I'm not going to say I feel great about my situation, but the only thing Green Bay has going for them now is the division that they're in. 
And that's what I was about to say. The fact, the thing that I feel good about is that the Detroit Lions, if I'm not mistaken, is at the top of my division. And so, that's that's the only thing. But in terms of Green Bay plays with the expectation, oh yeah, does that of trying to get to the Super Bowl, and they're not getting to the Super Bowl. They're not even. I mean, they're they're not good, and I don't even think they're that talented either. But and, um, you know what's crazy though is as bad as this team is, Aaron Rodgers has 22 touchdowns, seven interceptions on the season, halfway through the season. I've been saying all along, Aaron Rodgers is not playing bad. Yeah. No, he's not. Especially considering what he has. what he's working with. Yeah. You know, the, the the fact is though is that this just just isn't a talented team, and um, it's a shame because they're wasting you know probably the best quarterback in football. Go ahead, Lamar. You think you can okay. do anything with that camera over there? Go ahead. Go to you guys. I stop hitting everything every time you move. Um. Next is um. I'm gonna go in front of that one. Go ahead. Yeah. I go Kansas City at Carolina. What a difference a year makes, right? This yeah. time, this this time, the, let me tell you something. Last year, the league MVP unanimously just about was Cam Newton. You know who was second to him? Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. The, like the only person playing worse than Cam Newton is Carson Palmer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how that's how drastic of a uh, of a difference. It is um, Carolina. They were out. They were out up. Er, they were up early, and it looked like you know every Cam. Everybody was having fun, and it looked like they were going to win. And you know all, all, all the dabbing and everything was going on. And then Kansas City just made a comeback, and it looks like you know this just might not be Carolina's year. Yeah, I agree. Um, Three and six. I mean, they essentially cannot afford to lose any more games. I didn't think they could afford to lose this one. I mean, Certainly they couldn't. And I, I mean, I think I like Kansas City. I think Kansas City's pretty good. I was surprised when they was been down seventeen nothing. But we, you know, I mean, Alex Smith, he he's not gonna give you too much. But then I seen Cam Newton again. You know, they they can't he, he out there still dabbing, dabbing in the end zone like you know everything's great. And you come out of the game with the loss. I mean, at some point in time, you gotta be more serious and be be more humble. I mean, I know you're having fun, but you guys are losing, and your expectations were really high. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's time to you know be more professional and get that stuff up. Do you consider um, Cam a me guy? Because I know you get on Odell about a lot of that. You know, um, he well, first of all, he's a quarterback, so he touches the ball every play. So that's a different. So it'll never be a I'm not getting the ball situation, right? Because he touches the ball every single play. So. It's Cam. You, it's hard to say anybody at the quarterback position is a me guy. The receiver is a me situation because you feel like you're open and you don't get the ball. So um, at the receiver, you can be frozen out of the game. Uh, at running back, if you don't get carries, that that's easy to monitor. Um, do I think Cam is a me guy first? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, why not? Why, of course. But it, it doesn't. It can't come out like that because he's the quarterback. You know what I mean? So he he can't blame anybody else for him not getting the ball. He gets the ball every single play. But he's is he's absolutely a me guy. But lost. But in that first, though, was I, I think that the more the better term for Cam, like Serena, is, like TJ always said, they're they're bad losers. You know, I, I think there's a difference between being a me guy and being a sore bad loser. and being a sore loser. And you I and put I, the charger right there to hold it down too. Bro. I think that's the best this is gonna get right that there. That might fall off. Maybe that charger could. Not straight right now. Straight. Everything should be good right there. That's as good as going. I don't want to touch anything else because it does actually move. And see, he's about to hit the other thing over. 
Yeah, I, I just think Cam is a sore loser yeah. in terms of uh, and that that that's that's the Cam problem, sore loser. Right, right. Lamont, you have something to say? Kansas City and um Carolina. Um, every time Carolina played in the Super Bowl last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chances are they're not going to the playoffs yeah. this year. And Cam is going to be scrutinized for everything that he does because, A, um, some of it he brings on himself. Mm-hmm. I think he had a lot of hype coming out. Um, I think you have to throw the, you have to throw in there the fact that, um, you know, we have to deal with the reality that there's still some people who just feel the need to scrutinize a black quarterback. Um, as far as him dabbing, I don't I don't have a problem with him going back to the dab. Look. Your team is losing. You're trying to fire them up. Uh, you're trying to get, you know, you're trying to have your crowd in. You're trying to get your crowd involved in it. So him going back to the dab, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's just that right now they're losing. They lost a lot of guys on defense. Um, they're coming off of a Super Bowl loss. Once again, I'm, I'm gonna keep bringing it up. You lose Josh Norman, and and they're just not playing well right now. And that's just what it comes down to. And actually, I think the Denver Broncos put out the formula on how to beat. The Carolina Panthers. Carolina got by for a year or two off bullying everybody. And what, what Denver showed is that if you smack Carolina in the mouth, you get hits on Cam, and if you make Cam work, then later on in the game, he's going to make a critical decision that's going to cost his team the game. And I think that that's just what the uh, the Panthers are dealing with right now. Well, to do what, to do what Denver did, so you got to be able to have the players to do that. Yeah, pass you know, rush. You, yeah, you got to have, you know, Bob Miller running around that corner, you know. DeMarcus Ware on another side. And, you know, that whole defense, you know, it's hard to repeat what they do because, you know, they got the personnel. Yeah, so now everybody else is just hitting him after the whistle. Yeah. They're not getting getting called for it. Denver just hits him in the play of the game. Everybody else just hits him after the whistle. All right, let's go to the next one. Minnesota at Washington. Mm. Um, I'm I'm interested to get both of your opinions. What is your whole thought? I'll let you go first, DJ, about kickers and the state of kickers in the game. Because ever since they've implemented this, uh, the extra point stuff, and for the past three or four weeks, we're seeing kickers win and lose games weekly Mm -hmm. for teams that are, you know, very much in the playoff hunt. Do you like the idea of kickers being involved in the outcome of the game? Uh, you know, we got way more extra points being missed, uh, do you like that being a part where it's like, you know, the kicker actually is a part of the team and a part of the game, or you just want kickers to have absolutely no nothing to do with the game? Well, they've had they've always been a part of the team and a part of the game. I mean, my Giants won a Super Bowl against Buffalo mm-hmm. on a missed field goal. With the extra point, though, it's like night and day, though. Yeah, I mean, that's your job, and you got to get good kickers. You got to be able to knock that down. and So you like it? I, yeah, I mean – I don't, I don't, I don't want to take. What do you, what, what the alternative? Take kicking away from the game? No, go back to the extra point just being right there and it being free points. It was a free point before. The extra point yeah. was a free point before. Yeah. I don't even know if we have any kicker who's made all their extra points this year, and I'm, it's it's far from a free point now. I'm okay with it not just being a free point because it shouldn't be a free point. If that was the case, just that attention to be seven, seven points, right? Lamont, your thoughts on kickers as a whole? I would say move the free throw line back to the three-point line. <laughs> and I would say move the three-point line back to mid-court. Um, <laughs> um, you know what? I was against this move at first. I didn't like it. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like it. I thought that there were too many issues going on in the NFL that that you don't need to, to worry about moving the field goal back. Um, but I actually like it. 
I actually like it. I think it makes I think it makes the kickers work harder. Yeah, it should definitely be a free the, point. It know? makes the kickers work harder. The fact that you can block it and take it back for two <laughs> changed um, the whole game I this think, week. I think it, it it just it brings a whole nother it it just brings a whole nother dynamic to the game that wasn't there before. Um, as far as people trying to weed out special teams and weed out kickers, obviously these are people who who clearly know absolutely nothing about football. That the, the closest thing that they have to football is the fact that they play fantasy, fantasy football, and Get that they money. may or may not be able to win some money. Kicking is a part of the game. Yeah. One third of an NFL That's roster is part of guys who only play special teams. So. Basically, I'm tired of people talking about football like people don't support their families off of this. So basically, you want to get rid of one third of the jobs in the NFL. <laughs> how, how how would you feel if somebody just came to your job? And, and unfortunately, this is a reality that everybody faces is that, hey, you know, what we're going to do. Um, actually, this this has happened. From now on, we're not going to use real bank tellers. We're just going to let you go up and talk to a machine and deal right. with a machine every day. You know, I mean, let, let, let's not do that. Kicking is a part of the game. Special teams is a part of the game. Mm-hmm. Moving the field goal back, I think it was a genius move. I think that there are some other things that the NFL needs to, to, to take care of, but trying to phase out the kicker and having conversations about kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return, that's a part of the game. And it's a part of the game that those of us who have loved football since we were kids, it's a part of the game that has brought so much excitement to our lives over these weekends and over these Mondays and over these Sundays nights that there's no reason for us to even talk about it. You're a field goal kicker. Now you actually have to show up to work and you have to work because now if you miss it, now the the extra point isn't just a chip shot anymore. It's an actual field goal. And now as we move into late November, early December, some of these kickers are going to be kicking extra points into the win. So I think it's going to bring a whole nother dynamic to the game. It's going to put coaches in situations. Do I want to kick mm-hmm. a field goal or do mm-hmm. I want to go for two? And yep. I think that this is going to change the outcome of games. It's, it, it just brings a whole other dynamic to the game. That In a game that's, that's, that's hurting right now because for so many different reasons, I think the NFL got it right by moving the extra point back. See, you play and you're on the inside. All three of us are on the outside. And what we've been told our whole lives and what we hear is, it's three fa- three phases of the game, right? You know what they say? You got There's three phases of the game. It's offense, defense, and special teams. Mm-hmm. So if we're supposed to believe that, then these kickers need to step their game up and earn. The, and some of them make very nice paychecks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know you got to earn your paycheck. And you know if they ask, if they say the extra point is it, the reason I don't have a problem with it, and, and I say the same thing about a lot of things in life. You can't say it's unfair because if everybody's kicking it from the same place, it's not unfair. You, you know what I mean? If the New England kicker kicks it from 30 yards and you kick it from 30 yards, it's fair. The extra point is 50 yards away. It, it, as long as it's 50 yards away from everybody, it, do, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's fair. You know, just like the Steph Curry, like the three-pointer. As long as he's shooting the same three-pointer as, as, as anybody else is shooting, if you, know, if you don't like it, get better. Period. And, um, I, and I do think it creates all these different strategies like we see Pittsburgh's implemented. They go for two every time. And like you said... Come December, come you know next month when we start, it's going to be real difference. Decide: Are we going to kick this extra point in the snow? Are we going to kick this extra point in the wind? Are we, you know, what's going to happen in Buffalo in in January? What's going to happen in Pittsburgh? Are you guys going to go for it? Are you because now you have to decide: Do we want to score from the two yard line or kick a field goal into the wind from thirty yards away? That comes strategy. And it still should be a kick that all these kickers can really just knock down easily. It absolutely it's just not is not as easy as it was before. 
and 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 the numbers are drastically different though. And yeah. then once you miss one of them, it now you have to go for two the next time you come back down. Yeah. And if you make that, okay, you guys are back on. But if you miss that, now you guys are down two extra points. You know right. what I mean? So it's like a lot comes into play. And yes, you mix one extra point, it affects the whole rest of the game. Okay. So anything yeah. else about this game? Well, yeah, I know with the, with this Redskins game, um, it's it's good to see Vernon Davis. We're talking about this. Uh, you know, since we want to talk about Terps, mm-hmm. Terps in the NFL. Uh, uh, you know, we talk about saving. We could talk about hall ball and all this, that, and third. <laughs> but Vernon Davis is still out there balling. He's a Maryland Terp. Um, when it comes to this Redskins team, I like the fact that Robert Kelly is the starter. I like the fact that Matt Brown, Matt Brown is inactive. Uh, Matt, I'm sorry, Matt Jones is inactive. You uh, like the fact? I like the fact that he's inactive because now you, you're going to give um, um, Matt Brown more opportunities. The things that I don't that, that that hurt me about this game is the Washington Redskins. As you jump out to a fourteen, I believe it was a fourteen point lead, um, and and for this game to end as close as it did, what you did, what you just did was you took away a great opportunity for your offensive lineman to be in a position that hey maybe this is a game that we can run the ball 35, 40 times. We're up by fourteen. Um, and my last note for 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 this game is is. I really think that the Redskins need to go ahead and sign Kirk Cousins. They need to go ahead and, and, and give him a contract. I don't have any problem with that at all. Try, try, to, try to sign him now because if he continues to play the way he's playing, there's going to be some rinky-dink team out there that's going to offer him a boatload of money that you're mm-hmm. going to have to compete with. And if you don't sign him, if you're the Washington Redskins, you're looking at being, I mean, Basically, you're almost looking at being in the same situation as the Cleveland Browns because you're going to be rebuilding. You're starting quarterback. You don't know who he is. You have to sign Deshaun Jackson. You have to sign Pierre Garçon. You have uh, uh, a guy who is a great player, but he's always getting hurt and, and read. You have Vernon Davis for another year or two. So you're talking about a, a team that if you don't solidify that quarterback spot, you may actually be taking steps backwards with regards to your franchise and where you're going. Romo, when you, Romo when you say you sign there. him, what do you like? Sign him to what? You need to sign him to a long term deal. You like need to leave QB long term. I put it this way: I would not give him Tom Brady money. I would not give him Ben Roethlisberger money. I would not give him that type of money. But I would give him a, a, a contract that says that hey, you are our quarterback. But also set the set the contract up to where, you know what? Hey, if if they can set the contract up where. In his third or his fourth year, if he balls out, like, nope. then maybe he can get a little bit of money, or maybe he can get. I mean, whatever, whatever the Redskins have to do, you have to sign Kirk Cousins. I think you sign Kirk Cousins. I think you part ways with Deshaun Jackson. You sign Pierre Garcon because then now, now let's look at what the Redskins have. You have your franchise quarterback. You have your franchise wide receiver, and you have and you have a backfield that has a three headed monster, which kind of reminds me of. And you have a dominant tight end. Which reminds me of the team who is leading the division, the Dallas Cowboys. You have a franchise quarterback, you have a you have a franchise running back, you have a decent tight end, and you have your go to wide receiver. If if I'm the Redskins, I, I, I don't know how if you look at the difference between the what what makes Bilicek <clears throat> and Coach K and Popovich, those guys great, is that they don't coach the system, they coach what they have. Right? So Bilicek says we have Randy Moss, we throw the ball down the field. We have a running game, we run the ball. We have two tight ends, and we just play with two tight ends. And, you know, that's what makes – and same with Coach K. Coach K doesn't have a system. He just – whether it's we, we dominate down low with guard with, with forwards or we dominate with guards, whatever. You show me the team, and I'll come up with a game plan 
and, and we'll win with that. You look the way this, these Redskins are, if you can put Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed out there, and you have two, t- that is Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski. And the, and the, and the pa- Patriots made a killing with that. We're watching the, um. Yeah, Vernon Davis is only 32. I was kind of shocked yeah. to see him that, that young. Because he's been around forever. Yeah. Uh, you watched what, when, what, um, last year Carolina did. Their number one receiver wasn't a receiver. Their number one receiver was Greg Olson. And they rode that all the way to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? And when the Saints were doing great, and you see what now they're starting to do see out there in Seattle, Jimmy Grant is reemerges. He's their number one passing target. Mm-hmm. You know, so I agree with Lamont. I, you know, is, I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy, but he's absolutely right. Kirk Cousins is as good as, you know, there's a handful of quarterbacks better than him, and none of them are coming. Like, they're not, you're not getting them. So it doesn't, <laughs> so it's not, you know, getting rid of him just to get somebody else that I promise you if you get rid of him, who you get is going to be worse. Yeah. You know, give that man his money. And, and let and let let the let it start to gel, and you know the Redskins are heading in the right direction, and you can't shake that up. And and I agree with Lamont that if you let him go through the rest of the season, some team, you know, if Brock if Brock Osweiler, somebody was out with with a bag of money waiting to give Brock Osweiler. So what you don't want to be is you know one of these teams to show up with this ridiculous contract, and you now have to match that foolishness. Um, I, I agree. I mean, you gotta I, I, not. Not more so about the cousins thing. I do get it, and you could be right. I mean, I'm not. A, you know, I'm not a huge cousins yeah. guy. But it, it, again, I, like I mean, cousins, saying who he's not, yeah. it, it, it's like you're implying that that person is willing to get here. You know, I'm not going to marry this girl just in case. You know, uh, Beyonce. Beyonce decides she wants. To, well, she's not calling you. You know, so you should. You know, so it's like you know, I, I just don't feel this <laughs> idea that you know, there's are there better quarterbacks than Kirk Cousins? Yes, and there are worse ones also. The the point is, I think Kirk Cousins is good enough. And there are weapons around here, and 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 at a certain point, you have to start building and gelling. Go ahead, you, go ahead, anyone. This is your um, team. On your page, Brandon Harris says, "Don't want to get you guys off topic, but I have a quick fantasy question. Do you think Randall Cobb is droppable at this point?" Yeah, I do. Boogie, I mean, uh, DJ. I know you don't really. Um, well, I will have to see. What's on your team? I mean, in order to say that, I mean, I looked at the the waiver wire on in our league, and there's not much out there. No, it's not. You know, you never know when Cobb can. You know, if he when he come out healthy, he can have a game because midway through the season, and them guys are still in the hunt. But the question is, when somebody says from a fantasy aspect, is somebody droppable? That means like you already had better options. You're just saying, does it sound crazy? Like, oh my God, you can't drop this guy, you know, like, because it never, because it could turn around at any second. And I'm not scared. If I wouldn't be scared, if you, if you have a better play out there to get the Randall Cobb, which there certainly are better players out there to get, I'm not scared to drop him. I don't know what league, and if he's talking about our league, I didn't see any any guys out there really better than Cobbs. I did see Meredith is out there. Alshon Jeffries exactly. Kenny Britt is out I there. Available. Kenny Britt is available in other leagues. Kenny Britt's better putting up much better numbers than him. Well, it just depends on your league. Like, Kenny mm-hmm. Britt's not available in our league. Uh, Meredith is, and I doubt he's going to be. You know, by the end of the day. But I mean, it depends on your team. I wouldn't just drop him because he, he he does has potential to come back in. And I mean, didn't he score last week when he played? He played for mm-hmm. half and he scored. Mm-hmm. If he gets healthy, which I'm sure that's what they're they're trying to do, he has potential to score in any given game. Yeah, um, the Vikings. The reason I the the Vikings can't score, period, and their defense is is still great. And the Vikings can that that running situation is is I, I don't even know I don't even have an extensive vocabulary enough to come up with a word about how bad 
their running situation is. But I'll say it in the numbers, 21 carries for 47 yards. It's hard to win like that. No, nah, it, it, it's very hard to run like that. And they're bad all the way around. Diggs, go Terps, lone, lone bright spot on their team. And they really have essentially just made it, just throw the ball to him every play sort of situation to get to get, uh, to get get that going. Man, banging stuff around. Um, Diggs, 13 receptions, 164 yards. He's uh, impressive. Other than that, Washington, happy for them boys. Uh, you know, that. They're 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 competitive and headed in the right direction. What's funny though is Lamont. I remember when you first came on. There you go, right there. You block another one though. When you first came on and you said, you know, that uh, Matt Jones, and at the time who had a firm grasp on the running, on the running uh, back situation, and you were saying Matt Jones, if he keeps this up, he's going to lose his job. And a lot of people thought that you were being extra with that. And sure enough, he kept it up. And sure enough, healthy scratch. Healthy scratch, which is. <laughs> Which is tough. I mean, I, I mean, I know that's I know that didn't happen to you until you know essentially the end of your career. But I mean, could you really imagine something like that happening to you in the prime of your career, being healthy and just told now nah, we'll pass? No. And I, I just wonder how do you even come back from that? You can't come back from it because you're young. But it comes down to this, and I know people say that I'm hard on him. Yes, you are. If you look big. And you give a defender in his mind, okay, this is going to be a tough day. But you go out there and you run, you got a little tenderfoot. Then what you're telling the defense is that you're big and you're soft. As a defender, what that does is says, I get to hit him harder. I can I, I can completely DJ, abandon. I can completely abandon all of my technique, all of my th- all, anything that that, that when it comes to tackling. Sideways. I can abandon those things, and you can't. And, and regardless, you cannot put the ball on the ground. And anybody who, who anybody who watches football, who understands football and understands the run game, could look in the preseason and and see that the best two running backs that the Washington Redskins have are Robert Kelly and Mac Brown. And then you throw Who's in Chris Chris, okay. Chris Thompson. Then you throw in Chris Thompson into that mix. I think that that's your three headed monster, and that gives you the best opportunity to win. This is the National Football League. You cannot put the ball on the ground and expect to keep your job. And if this is your prime, he's pretty much got it. Put it this way. The best thing that he can hope for is that these two guys can ride out the rest of the season. Um, he come back next year, come to camp, get an opportunity to compete for a job. But use this time now until next year to really work on his game as an overall back. Or we're talking about a guy that probably won't even be in the National Football League in the next two or three years. Uh, yeah, that's, and that'll be a very fast career, especially when that started. They shipped off Alpha Morris for this guy. And, I mean, on paper, the dude's a, you know, he's a beast. I mean, he's huge, he's fast, he's, you know, but it, it seems like he's, I don't know, kind of, he just developed happy feet. Look like Tarzan, play like Jane is, is probably the, the, the expression. And, and I'm going to be hard on big backs because I played that position for nine years and I know what's expected out of us. And no team... Especially Redskins fans who, who, if you've been a Redskins fan your whole life and you're in your, you know, you're in your, your upper 30s or your 40s, you know the Redskins has been uh, just a tough, just just toughness. Your running backs are tough. John Riggins, you're talking about Clinton Porters. I mean, I mean, you can throw any amount of guys through the Redskins organization who have played the running back position. You will not survive if you are soft. And that's just the situation with him. Okay. 
Ernest Biner, Stephen Davis. Ernest Biner, I mean, I mean, the list goes on. Even Ricky Irvins, I mean, he ran hard. These guys ran, these guys ran hard. And when you, and the the most unfortunate thing for 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 Matt Jones is that he was put into the same category as Beast Mode. <laughs> and I think that a lot of guys' careers, whether it's media or whether it's self-inflicted, we're so quick to tag the next Jordan, the next Kobe the next this, the next that, that when those guys don't come out to be that, um, you know, it just makes you look at them as worse, as a worse talent than they actually are. All right, Philadelphia at Atlanta. That was a um, pretty good game right there. Um, Philadelphia comes away. Atlanta never really got going, you know, from that number one offense that we, we kept hearing about. Uh, it just never really, never really seemed to get off the ground. Matt Ryan... Uh, just a hair over 50%, um, 50, completing just over a hair over 50% of his passes. Um, on the other hand, Carson Wentz looked, looked, looked pretty good. He looked, uh, solid, I will say. And Ryan Matthews is running the ball very effective, more effective than uh, that we've seen from him in a while, pretty much all year. And then a guy who we discussed on last week's show, who was very much a factor in the game was Darren Sproles, who has 20 yards rushing, uh, which is not the the, the the headline of that, but eight receptions for 57 yards. And again, it seems like every single time he touched the ball, you know, everybody in the building is scared. Yeah, yes. I mean, he, I mean, Darren Sproles, is, he, he's that guy that in the open field, he's very dangerous. And this Philadelphia Eagles team, you know, you know, early on, everybody was talking about how Philly, you know, how, oh man, look at Philly. And then they, you know, they drop a couple. Then oh, but they are who they, who, who we thought they are, who they, who we thought they were. Now they come and they beat the Atlanta Falcons team, who's hot, who's who, who was one of the most it's the highest power, highest highest power scoring offense in the yeah, NFL, the highest scoring offense in the National Football League, and they were able at home to hold Atlanta to fifteen points and then walk away with the victory. So uh, my hat goes off to the Philadelphia Eagles and. The Falcons is just a matter of, of trying their best to rebound and get ready for next week. Yeah, I thought I thought Philly's defense played great in this game. Um, you know, held a high power team who's who's also they didn't run the ball as much as I thought they should have. And they're without Coleman, who also brings a, a, a you know a matchup problem for you know the opposing defense and a you know extra you know buying for that team who's been out the last few weeks. But even without him, you know, with Freeman and you know Julio. And Sanu and them guys, they they can put up points on anybody. And Philly, who needed to do this, you know, they 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 played great defense and came out with a win. All right, go to the next one. L.A. New York Jets. Oh my goodness, nine to six, buddy. Nine to six. That's what you get. You put two nine to six. Todd Gurley, twenty-one carries for sixty-four yards. You keep y'all keep messing with that. Ain't gonna get no better. The um. <laughs> You see, this week that they said enough is enough, and they're finally going to start the boy. Yeah. Goff is going to be getting his first uh, is going to be getting his first uh, start this coming this coming week. This is just painful football to watch. I don't want to spend much time on that, but this was just a battle of punters and kickers. Really, that's all who needed to show up was punters and kickers because this was just nothing. Uh, Los Angeles can't run the ball to save their life. Can't pass the ball, and the Jets. Can't aren't, aren't any better. You have anything to say about this game, DJ? Nah, just a just a bad game. Un- unfortunate. Um, 
I, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather see. I don't think Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick is going to go out there and put up six points. He might throw a few interceptions, but you know he's going to put more points on the board than this. For one team, and if, and if Bryce, <laughs> it might be for the other team. <laughs> Somebody's getting in the end zone. Might be the other team, but uh, you know he go, he's go, he's going to go out there. Oh, you should have just left it the way it was, but and if, don't leave it like that, though. Yeah, and if it's Bryce, like that. It's like that. <laughs> it's just me and you in there. I'm not in it. That's how it was at first when uh, he left okay. it. Oh, okay. Now nah, you're not. Good. I told y'all, <laughs> man. Y'all just doing way too much, man. Go ahead. It was upside down before. That's why he changed it. It was upside down it was upside on upside down. there too. Yeah. Uh, uh, just completely knocked over the other one. Go ahead. Go ahead, DJ. Um, no, I, I had nothing for this game. This game was a bad game. Um, I didn't watch any of it. Only thing that came out of this game for me is Forte had 98 yards, and he's on my fantasy team. And he, wish he would have got a touchdown, but he, he did good enough for me. Aside from that, the game was terrible. The game was, God, I mean, the score, the score was painful to watch, and it was actually even worse than the score. Yeah. It's even more painful to watch in the score. Go ahead to the next one. Next is um Denver and New Orleans. Um New Orleans never really got got going. Drew Brees numbers twenty one for twenty nine. I mean that's not even a typical Drew Brees stat line in terms of twenty nine passes. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, he's normally up in the forties. Yeah. High thirties, forties, and fifties is not out of the question. So it's very rare you're gonna see him have twenty nine um Passing attempts, they, you know, I don't know if it was necessarily so much that they had tried to establish the run because it wasn't an abundance of that either. But uh, I think that just comes down to not being on the field and Denver's defense, a testament to them not letting it happen for the most of the game. You know, they they had that that New Orleans offense bottled up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Denver's defense is good. It's hard to um, it's hard to score on them. They put up twenty three points, which is. It's not a lot for them, but it's a lot to be scored on Denver. But what Denver did is put up 25 points, which we didn't know if they could do. Right. And and they did it. I mean, at some point in time, I mean, Simeon didn't play great. But, you know, he had to, you know, come alive. And him and Demarius Thomas, you know, they, 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 they hooked up eight times. Um, and they ran the ball well. All right. Anything to say about uh, – we can go to the next one too. Um, but, but you see the way this game ended? Yes, yes. You know what? I think you you thousand percent right. Distracted by everything going on, you missed buried the lead on that one. Absolutely right. Talk about an ending to going into what we were saying about special teams affecting the game, and then here you are. You go in thinking you just scored the game winning touchdown, and in fact, you know the kick blocked and returned the extra point. Excuse me, blocked and returned for for two points. Or, you know whatever the case may. I was going to yeah. say for a touchdown, but yeah. for two points, that is definitely a wild ending. Yeah, Denver special teams and defense. Is what you know what really scored for them because then they got the interception in the in the in the red zone and then this play right here I'm like okay you this how much time was left on the clock I'm like Simeon got what twenty something seconds or something to try to get a field goal and next thing I know I looked away next thing I know I'm like what just happened here they just blocked the extra point and they returned it it couldn't be a worse ending for for the Saints when like you say you feel like you just scored the the go ahead touchdown and. And, you know, your kicking situation is what ultimately loses the game for you. And it's, that's just a sad way to, that's a sad way to lose. I, how, how do you guys like the, the jumping over the pile and blocking the, the um, field goal thing? That one, he cleared them. So I'm okay with that one. But the one that happened against Arizona, 
Well, when, Seattle does it every, every yeah, week. Yeah, Seattle does it all the time. And, and that, that guy was touched twice and nothing was called. How does that work with the snap count? Can't you just, I mean, how are they able to time that up so perfectly? Yeah. Film. But I mean, can't, isn't Something, that just. A, put it this way. There are certain tells, meaning, and I'll do it in front of the camera so people can see. If, if I'm holding a football right and I'm the center, all right, if my tendency to get comfortable is I go like this once, I go like this twice, thousand one, thousand two, I snap the ball, that's how you are able to tell it. Sometimes it could be a situation where the, 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 the holder will look back at the kicker, you get the head nod, you put his hands down, you can count how many seconds from the time he, thousand one, thousand two. Thousand one, thousand two, boom, thousand one, and you can time. There's so many different tells that you can get from the film. That's the only way that you could, because on special teams, it's not like where the quarterback is under center where you're right. saying down, set, hut. No, mm-hmm. everything is silent. Everything is based on movement, mm-hmm. and that just what that shows when you see a guy timing up like that. What that shows, what that tells me is that's a guy who watched a lot of film. They worked on that in practice, and when he was given the opportunity to execute it in the game, knowing that. That's one of those situational things that Coach Belichick always talks about. That's one of those situational things that may or may not come up. But if you've, if you've watched the film, if you've practiced, when the time comes up in the game, you'll go out there and execute. And, and that's just what happened. So what happens when, when the center just starts standing up? And next thing you know, somebody's going to fall on the head. <clears throat> well, that's part of football, man. Like, everybody, like we, we, we can't keep trying to treat football like it's every other sport. It's violent. If you jump up in the air, there's a chance you're going to get your feet taken out from under you and you could possibly land on your head. That's one of the reasons, MG, I used to tell you, I, you it's not often you saw me go over the top. I don't remember you ever doing it. No, I'm, I'm not going over the top. I'm, I'm a, I mean, if I have to, I will, but that's part of the game. So if I try to jump over top of somebody and it just so happens that, they, oh, I mean, I've had guys in pass protection where they may have thought that I was going to try to cut them. And they try to jump. And you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to take their legs. I don't want you to land on your neck, but I don't want you to land on your feet either. And that's just part of the game. I had a question for you about pass protection, Boogie, because I remember you were always very critical and wanted to know about pass, you know, how your pass protection looked. And I know it was something that you took a lot of pride in. Last night I'm watching this Giants game, and the Giants are coming at, and, and for some reason the Bengals have Little G, G, G and uh, Bernard in there just getting ran over by every every Giants defender known to man. And you say to yourself, it almost doesn't really, like, G, Bernard, I believe, is about 205 pounds, about 5'8". And he's standing there, and these guys are coming with a full head of speed. And they're just running him over. Is there, how does that even work? What do you, is there anything you can do about that? Is that about, what is the form to that? I mean, obviously, you, you had the... You were a big back, so nine times out of ten, if it was a linebacker, you were almost close to the same weight and size as the guy blitzing you. But for somebody like Bernard, what is there to do about that? And I rem- and I know it has to be more than size because probably the best pass protecting running back I ever saw was Clinton Portis. I've seen him stand, uh, stand up guys, you know, twice his size. So what is that? What is the technique about it? What is it about running back that 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 makes you know pass protection? First of all, you have to be able to identify who you have. And oftentimes, I, just watching games, I can tell if a running back doesn't know who he has in pass protection when I'm looking at his helmet before the game. You can see as a guy is scanning. If he has pass protection, you'll see where his head is locked in on one guy. Okay. Now, once the play develops, if you see it to snap of the ball, he's looking in here, and then all of a sudden he's like this, and then he pops on the guy, that's the guy who doesn't know who he has to block. 
Now, the second thing you have to do is you have to close the distance, okay? This guy's coming off of the edge. You have to beat him to a midpoint. And then from there, it's just a matter of leverage. I see, I hear guys talking about, you know, little guys and being backs. When I was at the University of Maryland, we had a tailback by the name of Hurl Wesley. He was from Florida, all right? Pound for pound, the strongest guy on the team. And we'll step in there. It doesn't matter. We had Eric Barton, who was a big linebacker. I mean, we had some big guys. It did not matter. He stood in there. He got low. It's all about leverage. And it's about want to. You have to want to. You gotta, I didn't like having to pass protect against Sean Merriman. Guess right. what? It hurt. Mm -hmm. But you know the way you slow it down? You go up there and you cut them. You throw your body into their legs. You make them think about that. You just have to use your techniques. It's no different than fighting. If I know that... This guy is constantly countering my jab, then I probably want to stay away from the jab if this is what I'm getting beat by. So if I'm a smaller guy, like I'll never forget, I had to go against Bill Romanowski. That dude is huge in pads. Alright? Some pass plays you have to stand up. You can't cut. There are other pass protections that you can cut. And if you're a smaller back, I guarantee if you run and you take your body and you take your shoulder pad and you run it into that man's style board, the next time he blitz, he is not going to come as hard. But if you stand in there and you take that hit and you show a little softness or you get hit and you're getting retreating and your hands are thrown, going thrown up in the air, guess what? Defensive coordinators are going to blitz you the rest of the game. And I think that that's what happened. Um, that's what I saw that's last night to the Bernard. Bengals. Yeah, Bernard just was. It looked sad. It looked like they were picking on him. I mean, first of all, they were coming from all angles, and it was. Like, did you see at the end of the game they started lining him up, literally almost mm -hmm. under center, mm -hmm. like right next. <laughs> you saw that, right? Yeah. It was just like they were just trying anything. Like yo, maybe if he starts right there, and none of it worked. But I also think that's coaching too. If you know you got a running back in there that isn't good at pass protection, don't have him in there when you need him to pass protect. You know, if you if he need if he's going to run a route, have him run a route. If you need somebody to pass protect, you put a bigger back, put Jeremy Hill in there. But, Lamont, am I, is, is it not true that to just assume that a bigger running back is a better pass protector? Oh, no. There's some big guys who just who aren't good. I mean, I don't think Adrian Peterson is a good pass protector. Yeah, I've, I've heard that several times. And and he's one guy that I'm thinking that I don't care who you are. If you're coming in at the Bliss AP, you got your work cut out for you. But that's not the case. But it goes back to what I said when, when I first started talking about pass protection. It comes to identifying who you have. You have to close the distance. And then it's all about a want to. you got to embrace contact. Yeah. When you're a running back and you're in pass protection, there has to be something inside of you that welcomes contact. You know it's going to hurt. You know that your vision is going to be a little blurred after it. But as long <laughs> as your man doesn't get to the quarterback and as long as your man doesn't affect the quarterback, job well done. You can run straight through me and run me over. But if you do not get to the quarterback, my job is done. Houston at Jacksonville. Houston just keeps winning, huh? It seems like every week they're playing a sorry team. Like, I, <laughs> it, it just does. Like I, I, I mean, because they play bad, and 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 you're right, and and they win. And um, every time I look up, it's Jacksonville, it's Tennessee, it's you know, it's the Browns, it's it's just bad teams. I mean, obviously, I imagine at some point in time, click on that real quick. I just want to see who they have played. Click on the Texans for me real quick. Okay, Bears, bad team, Chiefs. Uh, decent team. Patriots beat the hell out of them. Tennessee, not a good team. Vikings, they lost to. Colts, not a good team. Lost to the Broncos. Lions, eh. Jaguars, eh. You know, so it's like every time you look up, and then this week, you know, they play the Raiders, who are a good team, but then the Chargers. You know, I, I, they got a pretty nice schedule. 
Yeah, they do. I mean, they got they, they got a pretty they nice do. schedule, and they I do. think that they they might end up running away with this division. They got to play the Colts again. They play the Jaguars again. They play the Titans again. The Bengals don't look good. And the, the Bengals. The Packers don't look good, and the, the Chargers don't look good. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just, outside of the the best team that they have to play left is the Raiders. One game against the Raiders, and then the rest of those teams are teams that we've continuously called bad teams. Um, Brock Osweiler is, whoa, hold up. This dude had 99 yards passing. That I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. He threw the Two ball 27 rounds. times, and he had 99 He had 99 yards passing. That That is amazing. It looks like you finally did. Tell people yeah. if they, um, just go on your Facebook page and write on there if they was watching to um, go on the on the other one. But, yeah, 99 yards passing. I, I, I'm i not sure the last time I saw that. I'm, re- I'm really not That's sure the last that's the last time I saw that. Uh, Lamont, you have anything to say about that game? Yeah, I'm going to predict Houston's future, and it's going to be the same as it was last year. You're going to win a division, then you're going to go into playoffs, you're going to host a home game against an AFC West opponent, and you're going to get hammered. <laughs> that sounds fair to me. I couldn't – that sounds very accurate to me because all of those things look like they're heading that way because they certainly are going to hold – they're definitely going to win the division. They are going to face the, uh, host the home game home playoff game, and I'd imagine if they end up playing one of these teams that actually is good, they are going to get embarrassed. <laughs> they're going to play the Broncos, they're going to play the Chiefs, or they're going to play the Raiders. Yes, yeah. now you're absolutely right, because all three of those te- only one of those teams can win the division. Yep. And um, then there's two wild card spots. Right. And if you look at it, only one team from the AFC East is getting in, that's the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Only one team from the AFC South is getting in, that's the Texans. Mm-hmm. Only one team is going to get in from the North, and that's either going to be the Ravens or the uh, or, or the um, Steelers. Or the Steelers. All right. Um, then you're looking at the AFC West, where right. let's say Denver wins that division. Then you got the Raiders. Right. Now you got the Raiders and the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. Who will get the two wild card spots? So it's not looking good for anybody coming out of that division who wins. Anybody who wins in that division is not looking good for you. This, so, is, um, this will be two consecutive seasons, though, that Bill O'Brien looks to get to the playoffs with terrible uh, quarterbacking. Well, I mean, you, you, you're getting to the okay. You're getting to the playoffs with with terrible actually, quarterbacking, and yeah, that's good, but. You also have to look at the fact that last year that division wasn't wasn't really anything. This year's terrible. Uh, this year the division is terrible, um, and you saw what happened when you got to the playoffs last year. So yeah, you're getting to the playoffs, but you're not playing anybody on your way to the playoffs. And when you get into the playoffs, what you've shown is that you have quarterbacks that, as a head coach, you decided were good for you, mm-hmm. and it's two years in a row that your quarterbacks just haven't panned out. So. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting because they got, uh, what's that boy, Hopkins down there? Is that the wide receiver down in Houston? That's he just... is a beast. Yep. And it's unfortunate that you can't get a quarterback in there that's going to that's going to utilize that talent. They got talent over there in, in Houston. Now, they there's be... the question that needs to be coming from the fans. Is DeAndre Hopkins droppable? Because he is, every week you're throwing him out there, and that dude is doing absolutely, I mean, how, how good of a game can you have when the quarterback passes for 99 yards? Assuming that he passes to other people as well. Because the best case scenario is he had 99 yards if you had all the passing yards, right? Do two touchdowns and a win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say. I think that is very accurate, though, Lamont, is that they're just going to win the division, host a, um, a playoff game, and lose. All right, go to the next one. Let me ask you guys real quick. Do you go after a Romo with a team like that? Do you give up anything to get a quarterback that's going to be 37 next year that you think is a top five QB in the league, though? Tony Romo on the Texans is – Not if you win a division. 
But if your goal is to win a division, then fine, because they'll do that. But they they just gave that boy so much money, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they, they did. Just, they just gave him some money. I mean, it puts away. If I'm Houston, I would love to have Romo. Even if it's just for two years, I would love to have a Romo. I would take one of these quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, put him on the bench, let him learn from Romo. Um, I just think Romo outside of Dallas is just going to be a better quarterback. I'm hearing Jets, and there was another team. Jets, yeah, Jets, but it was Denver. Jets, possibly Denver. I mean, we'll have to see at the end of the year how that works out. But I would love to see him in Texas, and I would love to see him in Denver. Yeah. But for right now, I mean, this Houston-Jacksonville game, we're talking about two teams, and you know, I thought Jacksonville at the beginning of the season was going to be relevant. We're talking about two teams that are irrelevant. One of them will make the playoffs, but like I said, they're going to get slaughtered in the first game. They're definitely irrelevant. Good old Brock, man. Couldn't get any of that uh, garbage time. Just wasn't enough garbage time for Brock to get off. For Blake. For Blake, yeah. Sorry, for Blake. Brock doesn't even get off in garbage time. Miami at San Diego. I guess we have to ask this question, which I don't believe it, but you have to ask it. Is Miami good? Miami are starting to get like Detroit, where they kind of trick you. Mm-hmm. Like, they they make you think they sorry one week, and then next thing you know, they start playing good out of nowhere. And the last the last three weeks, though, they, they've been balling. They've been, you know, running the ball. And I seen Tannehill made a great throw in this game. Um, Phillip Rivers looked awful. Yeah. He had back-to-back, and it, uh, it might have been almost three possessions in a row, when, you know, when the game was close, and he went out there, threw an interception. They were four interceptions in, in one quarter. Yes. In a day where he breaks, he passed um, John, John Elway for career touchdowns for like 11th place all time on on uh, on the touchdown list, which is like, wow, okay. So, you you know, you've had yourself a, quite a career here. You're the 11th all time in touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're showing him and he's getting his, you know, ovation, ovation, sorry. And then he goes out there and throws literally four. I mean, he just threw the game away in the second half. Just they just threw the whole game away, and you know I feel like the Dolphins is that team right now that just when you decide that you want to call them good, that they'll let you down. You know when you because I feel like that's what we were just doing with the Chargers, right? A week ago, the question was, you know, it's time to charge, call the Chargers a pretty good team, and then they go out there and do that. You know, so one week the Chargers, Melvin Gordon is out there fumbling the ball like there's no tomorrow, and the fourth quarter the Chargers have had. I want to know they might have been up in the fourth quarter of just about all of their games. Yeah. And have found a way to lose six of them now. Does that say six losses? Yeah, yeah. four and six. Yeah, they found a way to lose six of these games. So apparently they just find ways to lose football games. And Phillip Rivers decided it was his turn. And he went out there and did it. Melvin Gordon's had a uh, hell of a second uh, sophomore year. I can tell you that after that rookie yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, w- I didn't know this. That, um, Miami was ninth in the NFL versus the pass. Uh, quietly. I mean, quiet is kept. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, even last season, um, Miami has a way of getting some sneaky wins in during yep. the course of a season that yep. you just—it's—it's it's almost like you don't expect them to because they're the Miami Dolphins and they haven't been playing well. But then they have one or two weeks that they just show up and they surprise you. And I think that this was just one of those games. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, I was gonna say Miami is fighting for an opportunity. Possibly for a wild card, but but they're not. The AFC West is going to wrap that up. But um, you know, Miami's passing defense is no slouch. And it, it since and even it's going spent back, a fortune on it. Even going back to 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 the Jacksonville game. Does that say Jacksonville? Jacksonville third? is third. Yeah, but that's passing misleading. defense. That's, that's misleading. Jalen Ramsey picked don't look bad, huh? No, nah, that that that's that's misleading as hell because you know what that's about. That's 
when you get up by 30, which is what constantly <laughs> happens, what do defenses do? Run the ball. I mean, exactly. But, but how do they get up? They don't get up by passing, obviously. It's not too many games that Jacksonville has been just blown out this year. Like, their first four games were all down to the wire. Mm, I don't know about That's that. why at the beginning of the season, everybody was talking about Jacksonville may make some noise because they played a very close game against Green Bay. I think their first two losses were by, like, three or four points. But for them to be third, I mean, Jacksonville, on the low, Jacksonville for years have had a solid defense. Yes, they have. They've had a solid defense. They've just never had the offense to, to complement it very well. Miami's also had a pretty easy schedule, though. Um, their best win looks like that Pittsburgh win, and Pittsburgh's under five hundred right now. So I think they're kind of in the same boat where we were talking about the Texans earlier. You know, their schedule's not that hard at all. Mm-hmm. Good point. What we got for the next game? Dallas at Pittsburgh. It's a great game, man. Yeah. See, the, this week was everything that, well, besides the Thursday night game, but this is what it should have been like. Like, you, you, we had a an awesome Sunday night. They had This is a 4 o'clock game, which <coughs> most of America got to see this. The Sunday night game you got was essentially a Super Bowl re, uh, redo and, and possible preview. And then the Monday night game was a good game. So this was a great game. This was as advertised down to the – and it's funny how you watch – Facebook, right? What a difference 10 minutes can make. How about, oh, boo, you know, yes, da-da-da-da. And then, you know, when they score that last touchdown, all the Steelers fans just taking over your timeline and everybody's, old oh, Cowboys, oh, Dak, da-da-da-da. And then check back in 10 minutes later, people over there trying to delete their comments and act like they didn't say that. And, you know, that game went back and forth, back and forth. And it was a good game. It was, it was, it was, a, really, it was a really good game. And uh, Ezekiel's a stud, Dak. Played, Dez came out there and showed. The Cowboys are fun to watch. Steelers are fun to watch. That's a good game, and it was as advertised. Go ahead, DJ. Um, no, I, I agree. I thought it was a, a great game to watch. I like watching I like watching both of these teams play, mm-hmm. regardless who they play. I like watching these teams play. Um, Dak Prescott continues to impress. Um, that one touchdown he threw to um, Dez Bryant, um, I, that wasn't on the offensive line. He had to sidestep a guy before he, he made that throw. And that was, you know, a hell of a pocket presence and a good throw to Dez. Ezekiel's he's still been amazing. Um, Dallas, is, Dallas is hard to beat. Um, I, Pittsburgh had a chance. They just couldn't stop. They couldn't get stops at the end. And then you get a face mask penalty. I don't know what's wrong with these guys, man. First, they, <laughs> they let one face mask penalty go. The very next play... The guy's already tackled. Then you got another rookie come in, and he's grabbing a face mask at 15 yards. I told you, and man. Now, just... And now Dallas ain't – I thought they were still was settling for a field goal. Next thing you know, Zeke get a touchdown. I told you. You saw. You said you watched every play last do – you, do you see how many pitch, uh, Cincinnati just goes out there? And they pick up personal fouls like it's – like like donations. Like, ah, uh, what, third? Ah, uh, here. Here's an automatic first. They just yeah. pick them up like there's no tomorrow. Let me ask you guys, this, this play – in the, in, the, in the Philadelphia game, when a guy fair catch, somebody from Atlanta, fair catch and it's out of bounds, and the guy from Philly just runs up to him and just knocks him, <laughs> knocks him out like he's standing, he's just standing there out of bounds and fair catch. He, I thought they should have gave him 30 yards. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It's unbelievable. He's just standing there with the ball, fair catch, and the guy comes up five seconds later and just hits him. <laughs> These people just- <laughs> 
These guys just got aggression issues, man. <laughs> yes. I, I could, they, call, I, they cause their team with that stuff. They do. Like I said, let's let's ignore the long-term ramification what you're doing to yourselves. But like the immediate, like you just pick up these 15-yard penalties like nothing. He fair caught the ball out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> and he still hit him for no reason. He still hit him. For no Way reason. late. Late and out of bounds. All day. What you got to say about this game, Boogie? Uh, Cowboys versus the Steelers. Um, I said it last week. I believe it was last week that the Cowboys would not have the record that they have if Tony Romo was in there. And I think that that pass to Des Bryant is exactly what I'm talking about. That pass that he got out the pocket, he had to use his feet right here. Matter of fact, it's... Tony's made a career doing that. That's what Tony does, though, isn't it? Tony has made a career yeah, doing do that, it. but the things that 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 does, the fact that when you look at Tony Romo, when he was playing through injury, he was not moving that well in the pocket. Anytime Tony Romo is coming back from injury, he does not move that well. He may be able to throw complete passes, run your offense, but he does not move that well. And and I, I like what the boy Prescott is doing. I like what the Cowboys, what Jerry Jones did by coming out and saying, hey, Tony Romo is the backup. And MG, you said I think you, I've heard you say, "Hey, that's one heck of a problem to have if Tony yeah. Romo is your backup, backup quarterback." Yep. Because now you're talking about think about this, all right? Let's say unfortunately something happens to Dak. Okay. As a defensive coordinator, how do you prepare for that when Romo comes in there? Mm-hmm. Because all the film you have all year long is an offense that's being run by Prescott. Now you have to think that the offensive playbook is going to be a little more open with Romo in there. Um. Now, I know that kind of hurts my argument a little bit with regards to the to, to the point of, of they wouldn't have the record that they have if that was in there. But I think that the only way Tony Romo goes in the game is if that Prescott gets hurt. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully the only time we see Tony Romo is if the Cowboys are blowing somebody out by 28 points and then you get to see Tony Romo come in in like the last five or six minutes in the game. Do you think he would want to do that? I would hope, I would yes. hope they wouldn't. <clears throat> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yes. Well, maybe I guess just to give him some, some yeah. reps out there. But yeah. What I put, if he gets hurt on that? If he gets hurt on that, then you know that He's it's over with. <laughs> if, if he gets hurt, hurt, hurt off that, it, 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 it pretty much tells you what the future is for everybody. Tony Romo is done. Prescott is your quarterback. We're not going to worry about trading Romo because who's going to take a quarterback that's injured? Who's oh. going to pick up that contract? Mm-hmm. So, but as far as that game is concerned, um, man, the Cowboys just look like the Cowboys of old, man. They got a dominant quarterback. They have a dominant running back, tight end, and a dominant wide receiver. And they have a defense that that does just enough to help them win games and not lose them. All right. Next game, DJ? San Fran in Arizona. Cap almost had one, man. Yeah. That just carries yeah. car, car, uh excuse me, the Cardinals have fallen drastically from last year, just like uh the Panthers, two of the teams that we probably thought were the best uh the best teams in the NFL last year, mm-hmm. and both of them have fallen off big time. And um Cap, that might be as close as you're gonna come, because uh, they they were <coughs> in it. Yeah. And you know, Cap showed some things, he showed the legs off a little bit, he had a couple of runs there. Um, but again, at the end of the day, just not good enough to beat a Cardinals team. Um, that is also underachieving. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. Thought, I actually thought the last two weeks the cap, Caps played well. Um, Cardinals haven't played well. Um, still love David Johnson. I don't know what's going on with Carson. Um, they they still came out with a win, but um, it was it's been it's rough fun, fun to watch Cap the last two weeks. He's been he's been looking like you know if he, if he continues to play this way next year he'll he'll get a shot somewhere. 
So I wish she was somewhere else. Seattle what? You got something on the game? Nah. Seattle what? New England. Great game. Mm, absolutely. Great, great, great game. Everything. Uh, it's almost like you wish this could be the Super Bowl every year. Like they, these two teams, <laughs> when they they picked up right where they left off, it, it went down to the identical situation. The only thing that changed is that the other team had the ball. Yeah. Last play of the game, fourth and one from you know from the one yard line. It's instant replay. The only thing that's different is Tom Brady has the ball. And this time, you know, last last year we see uh, them go on an in, and and Russell Westbrook throws the ball too high. This time they go on an out. And Tom Brady throws the ball too high. You know, they're looking for pass interference. You can't give them that pass interference. Those are two guys going for the football. Um, it was an interesting call. I get it. Uh, I feel like the the play was to be – I feel like if Tom made a slightly better pass, but that's micro, you know, you can't do that. It just went down to the last play of the game. And, uh, you, you know, basically now they, they played two games and they split 1-1. One, one. one just happened to be in the Super Bowl. I don't really think the pass was bad at all. I just when when two guys are mm-hmm. right, 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 with each other like that, he's trying to get a push. He's trying to get a push on Chancellor. Maybe Chancellor's, you know, grabbing him a little bit, but he essentially pushed Chancellor down. So now he's off balance. So when it's time for him to turn around and catch the ball, he couldn't stand straight up to get it. If he was able to stand straight up, it, it would have been a catch. Earl Thomas's hit on him in that first half changed oh, changed him. Changed. Uh, did That's you see the next time that, that he came across the middle, the ball was either over his head or something. He looked, missed the ball. I'm not going to say he allergated, but he first thing he did was check to see where that safety was uh, coming across that middle. He put it straight. Now they're saying first reports came out yesterday that he had a punctured lung, and then uh, they came out later and said it's not a punctured lung. But whatever it was, he got a nice, good shot, and uh, it changed the outcome of the game. Now I watched when you watch Seattle play, those two safeties, they played a game so hard. I don't think they're going to be around. Uh, they're not looking for twenty-year NFL careers. I can certainly tell you that. And they hit. And the thing is, they don't hit smaller people. They hit bigger people than them. It's you know, with their entire Cam Chancellor and and uh, Earl Thomas, There's those not guys many are the people hit. bigger than Cam Chancellor. Well, Maybe. Gronkowski is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gronkowski is one of them, and and they're not backing down from the likes of a Gronkowski. I mean, you run into Gronkowski, and uh, you know that that was football right there. That, I mean, because it was a clean hit. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't a smaller guy. And uh, that was a great game, all all the way around. Great game. Um, I would have liked to seen a seen the Patriots just get a just get turn around, and get a ball to block. Blunt got twenty one carries. Yeah, but I mean, but he also had three rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and all you got to do is just do what you do. If, if you look at the first, uh, the first play, I think. Huh? Yeah, the, the, the dive over the top, and yeah. what's his name made a great play. Was that Cam Chancellor came in and grabbed his okay, legs? Well, guess what you do? You go, go, go back to it again. Yeah, to it I'm not again. mad at that at you all. Just, you just go back to it again. And as far mm-hmm. as you know, I was talking to Nate Poole. He's a wide receiver, played in the National Football League. Um, for a few years with the uh, Saints and with the Cardinals. I also played at Marshall University. We were talking about this play earlier. Personally, I didn't think it was pass interference, but he hit on something. He said that basically as Grunk was reaching up for the ball, uh, Chancellor grabbed his arm. I I wouldn't have called pass interference on both of the guys doing the hand stuff. But when it gets to a point that you're restricting another guy's movement, that's where you have to throw the flag. Now, with that said, I think it was a great call because what I don't see happening—a great no call, great call as far as the pass to to, to, okay, to, okay. to on fourth down to go with Grunk one on one. I think that that's the best matchup you have. But in that situation, Grunk, I need for you to be Grunk, and I need for you to overpower this man. Well, I can take well, an offensive mean? pass interference for a touchdown because now we got to bring it back. One thing about about that with him grabbing his arm is. 
Gronk's push pushing him down. So now he's falling. Mm-hmm. He Doesn't has no matter. choice. They both he has extended. no choice but to grab him because he's falling. Right. Gronk, Gronk extends his arms to Gronk push. Extends his arm, Gronk has extended his arm. It was both a hand fight. Yeah. Both of them was hand fight. Down. So and, now Gronk, like, and Gronk won the hand fight. You can't push okay. you can't push the the the, the um, defender down, then catch the ball. You can't push the defender down, but if the defender is pushing you and in those situations you know referees aren't gonna throw flags, then you know what I'm gonna do if I'm Gronk? I'm making sure that at the end of the day that I come down with the ball. And and it goes back to to, to what MG hit on. Maybe that hit on him earlier kind of oh, took something maybe. out of him. Because I, I don't know, maybe. see in a game time situation one on one, there's not too many safeties in the NFL that I'm gonna say you're gonna overpower Gronk. Right. Right. And that's exactly what and happened. And if there's if there is one, that's the one. And if there is one, yes, you are absolutely right. That is the one who can overpower Gronk. And at the end of the day, you know what? We would have liked I mean the play flag or no flag. Four, the, the the pass that he caught to get down there mm-hmm. was phenomenal. The mm-hmm. pass, the over the shoulder catch going out, uh, over the mm-hmm. shoulder going out, he made that great catch. Absolutely but he ran up under <coughs> but the, the passes out too far. He right, and he went out there and got it over the shoulder on the outside shoulder, which is a lot harder than people think it is, and he made that catch. But I, I, I agree with you on both parts of my mind. It's a good call, Gronk on the outside. But I, I after after that hit that Earl Thomas put on him, we didn't see the same Gronk for the rest of the game. Yeah, I don't even think he caught another that besides that one pass. And and, and the two times we see him tiptoeing across the middle, that hurt. And if he had a punctured limb, I'm not even really mad at him. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure there was he did some damage to him, and he stayed in the game. Yeah. But you know that you know they wasted the one play with with the sneak to uh, Brady where he ended up losing mm-hmm. the ball, mm-hmm. and they were lucky to even get that one back. Yeah. But the same way we had the debate uh, two years ago, that how do you not just turn around and hand that ball to Marshawn three? <laughs> I, I, LeGarrette Blunt and Marshawn Lynch, same cloth. Cut from the same guy, same cloth. If you got one of them and you were screaming you should hand Lynch the ball, you should hand Blunt the ball three times in a row. And if they stop, if they stop LeGarrette Blunt three times in a row from the one-yard line, they earned it. Yeah, but I was handed it to him twice. Yeah, but I will say this though: it, the, the difference between that situation is, I don't see Wilson in that situation changing the play. But from what I see, from what I saw, he probably doesn't have the ability to. From what I, mean, I the freedom saw, to, I yeah, say. the freedom. From yeah, what I saw, to. and this is just playing in the Patriots' offense, based on what the Patriots do in that situation, and based on what Seattle defensively did. Seattle played for the quarterback sneak. If you go back and you watch that play, everybody was squeezed in. Mm-hmm. If you run that ball off tackle, I'll take LeGarrette Blunt with any one of those dudes. I don't care if it's Thompson or Chandler for the game. Can't, uh, Chancellor, whatever his name is. For the game, I'll take Blunt in that situation. But you saw earlier in the game, he had a run where he carried four or five of them into the end zone. Literally, came, stopped at the line, mm-hmm. so my bad, went back outside with three or four of those guys on him and just carried them into the end zone. Now, Carried them a couple yards into the end zone at that. With all of that said, this was a good win for the Seattle Seahawks, but this was a terrible loss for the remainder for the rest of the National Football League because Coach <laughs> Belichick is going to go back and they're going to rip this film apart. There's a lot of teach tape, and if it's one thing that whether you like the Patriots or whether you hate the Patriots, if it's one thing that they've proven over the years is that when they lose. They come back, mm-hmm. and they come back with one mission and one mission only. Is that is that is to embarrass you? Kind of like what Joanna said in the UFC fight. I can't be mad at her. She had no business being in the ring with me in the first place. <laughs> I think that this is what's going to happen to the National Football League when you play the rest of the Patriots for the rest of the season. They're going to 
they're going to rebound off of this loss. Great as far game. as Seattle. NFL needed that too. NFL needed it, but as far as for Seattle, as far as I'm concerned with Seattle, it goes back to what I said before. Seattle is Seattle. They're mm-hmm. going to play you tough. Mm-hmm. They're going to qualify for the playoffs, and that is the team out of the NFC. I don't care who you are. That is the team in the NFC that you do not want to have to play. Well, I, I thought I thought this was a great game. It's, it's not easy to go in, in Foxborough and win a game, and they a good team winning and did it. And a friend of mine was telling me last week with the Buffalo game, he was saying, I don't know if Seattle's defense is, is the same because Buffalo, you know, had put some points up on them. Um, Tyrod Taylor played pretty well, I'm telling him. I say, Michael Bennett's not there and Cam Chancellor's not there. Cam Chancellor coming back in this game, I thought he was basically the MVP. I thought he played amazing. I mean, the, the, the LeGarrette Blunt score came from him coming from behind and grabbing him mm-hmm. and him not getting an end zone. Mm-hmm. That play was remarkable. On the fourth down, you know, I mean, the play with him and Gronk getting tangled up and him not getting the ball and and even the fumble recovery he got, I thought him just being all over the field was um was 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 great for them. They still don't have Bennett back. When Bennett come back, it's going to get even more scary. And they get this kid CJ precise, precise, out precise. Of nowhere. Um, he he a receiver, I guess, that's running doesn't turn mm-hmm. to a running back. He played he played big. They were lining him up out wide and yeah. everything. He played he played great for them. That was great for um. Russell Wilson to have that. But even before we get to the last possession with New England, I didn't like the going for two point by um Seattle. I'm kicking the I'm kicking the extra point and making them have to go for two if if um if New England even comes down and score because they didn't get the two point conversion, that was a seven point game. All they gotta do is score and take it to overtime. We're but seeing so many different strategies and and uses of the two point conversion right. and the extra point and I think a lot of it is coming to people not trusting the kicker versus, you know, the benefit of getting the two. But I, I really think a lot of these coaches are like, hey, we're not really trying this kicker from 30 yards, 35 yards out anymore. It's not a free point anymore. I'm thinking what, what, what his thoughts was, <laughs> okay, if we get this two-point conversion, then they even – he's thinking, okay, Tom Brady's going to come down there and score on us as good as we are. Mm-hmm. And – Maybe even get a two-point conversion. So he's trying to just eliminate all of that right. by paying them nine. But I would I would have still put that pressure on them to have to, you know, get a two-point conversion after going down and get a score because all they need is seven at this point. But luckily their defense came up and, you know, got a stop and, and they, got a, they got a great win. And that's, like y'all say, a great game. Great game. Go to the next one. Cincinnati and New York. I don't think Cincinnati – I think Cincinnati is uh, – I said it again – I. I was very unimpressed with them. I thought their play calling was bland at best. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew by the third quarter, I knew the plays, and I'm just sitting at home. You know, I, They ran on first down, ran on second down. They kept finding themselves in third and extremely longs. At one point in time, they were 0 for like 8 or 9 on third down uh, conversions. Yeah. Um, if they don't throw to, they throw to either A.J. Green or Tyler Eifert, and that's pretty much it. If not, then a uh, um, stay right there. Go up for a second. If not, then a pass to Giovanni Bernard out the backfield as the safety valve. But if you look at that, eleven targets for for AJ Green, five for Eifert. That's sixteen. Just like what I said, they essentially just threw the ball to two people, and you and you Bernard is the safety valve. You, I mean, LaFell gets two targets, and Boyd gets four. Uh, Their the offense looked very stagnant and boring, and. I, again, I can't say enough. Just very unimpressed with the play calling and the lack of diversity in their offense. I didn't see anything that looked 
phenomenal. That that wowed me at all. Um, it's been a long time since I watched the game start to finish every single play, and I watched that with the with the commentator commentating and everything. And I saw that, and I was just just in awe of how bad their offense was. Uh, funny funny comment of the day. Um, they're talking about the Giants' running game, and um, I forgot who's the other commentator besides <clears throat> Gruden. He says, you know, we're talking to the head coach of the the Giants. And we're telling him about the running game stats. And he says, stats are for nerds. I don't care about stats. And Gruden says, I agree with him. But it doesn't change the fact that you don't have a running game. <laughs> so he's just like, you know, I agree. The numbers. Yeah. So Gruden said, hey, no, I'm not saying I don't have a running game because of the numbers. I'm saying I have a running game for what I see with my own eyes. And he's like, this is just a team with zero running game. And they're bad. They got a couple of big plays last night from Jennings. But the fact remains they don't have much of a running game at all. Eli pretty much essentially throws the ball all the time. Did you see that stat about no team about that formation that they run ninety five percent of the time? They run out. They run out of no. And uh, I, I forgot what the set was basically, but they're saying that they run out of the same formation every single time, and they essentially become one dimensional. And sooner or later, that's going to catch up to we're, you. We're you very have to run. One, we're very one dimensional, and that's 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 what I was going to say. I mean, when you said the bad calling, what? Cincinnati, I thought I, I thought this game was going to be a shootout. We come down the first possession. I thought the play caller was great. We came down, scored pretty easy. They come down, score mm-hmm. more more easy. Easier. Easier than <laughs> we did. I'm like, man, Tyler Eifert, man, he had a good game. I'm like, man, this guy's going to be a problem for us all night. And then for a while, both our offenses just, just went dead. I mean, our defense has really been kind of saving us all year. Landon Collins has been amazing for us. Um, I felt like uh, – Dalton was running for his life the entire game. They, yeah. That pass pressure was and we, but we've been doing that without getting sacks. We've been getting like <laughs> Vernon and Pierre Paul are the most getting close to the quarterbacks without getting the sack dudes I've seen and getting the their league. hands up and right. getting their hands Pierre up. Pierre Paul is always good at knocking down passes, but I'm sitting here like if we can't, I'm like the safeties, the safeties are just sitting back the whole game and we still can't run the ball. That's and and, that's, and our receivers can't get behind, you know, the safeties. And and they basically just rush with four guys. Linebackers are just sitting there because we can't run the ball at all. They're daring us to run the ball, and we can't do it. But when we need it at the end, when I'm thinking we should be passing the ball to try to get first downs because we only got one point, Rashad Jennings luckily just in the last possession just ran us all the way down the field, which is, you know, it came at a great time, but for the most part of the game, I mean, the, the numbers are deceiving because we couldn't run the ball. The whole game, you know, defense made plays, and you know, Eli made made a few other plays. Did you see the penalty situation in that game? Um, I didn't see it overall. Uh, Lamont, go ahead. What you had to say about this game? Um, I think that when you look at the Giants, when the Giants were actually good, um, it was based on Eli's ability to bring them back in the fourth quarter, or Eli playing with 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 just just having a phenomenal fourth quarter. But the one thing that, that remained consistent about the Giants when you talked about them as a good football team is the fact that their defense was carrying this was carrying the team. Mm-hmm. If the Giants defense is gonna be the Giants defense of old, if I'm not mistaken, he used to be uh he was y'all defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for a while left, mm-hmm. I think took a job in mm-hmm. at the Rams mm-hmm. and now he's back. Mm-hmm. He's actually not a bad defensive coordinator. Nah, he's good. And if you look at the at the beginning of the season with the Giants, I mean I think the whole secondary was hurt at one point, yeah. especially your two starting corners. Yeah. Um, you know, this it <clears throat> what they I thought the Bengals were gonna blow you all out. 
The Giants' defense, they showed up. They constantly had Andy Dalton under pressure. And one thing that has been consistent, it's unanimous across the board in his career, is that when you get pressure on him, the Saints, the, the Bengals are pretty much going absolutely nowhere. Um, so, I mean, I got to give a shout-out to the Giants. I didn't, expect it, I didn't expect them to win, let alone the game to be close. And, and, um, and a game that's decided by one point, I just showed DJ, nine penalties for the Bengals, nine penalties for 60 yards. The Giants, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a huge deal in a, in a one-point football game. Yeah. And, and for those, for how many of those that are on third down that keep drives allowed, how many of those are automatic first downs? Like right. Those things change outcomes of games. That, you right. know, that, that one time that you were supposed to get off the field and they ended up scoring, whether it be three points, seven points, that, that's huge. And the Bengals, it just seems to just always be them. When it's all, you know, the, the you know, Pac-Man picks up one. The other... Um, the cornerback who had the interception, he picked up a stupid one, and he was nodding his head like, yeah, you know, my bad. Like, it was cool. Like, he had no repercussions, no, not running any laps. There's no penalty for this. Like, this is what we do. We just rack up penalties at an alarming rate. And when you're going to be, when games are being decided by one point, you can't be getting out penalized nine to two. Okay. You can't just give away the points. Anyway, let's get into the um the picks before we get out of here. I'm, um, I'm going to get mine because I got to. Okay, go ahead, brother. Yeah. Um, real quick, um, I'm gonna go New Orleans over Carolina, Pittsburgh over Cleveland, Baltimore over Dallas, Ooh. Detroit over Jacksonville. You know that's in Dallas, right? Yeah, no. Detroit over Jacksonville. Don't know what to do with that one. Next one, huh? I'm gonna go Indy over Tennessee, Buffalo over Cincinnati. Kansas City over Tampa, Giants over Chicago, Minnesota over Arizona, Rams over the Dolphins, Patriots is going to beat the 49ers <laughs> by 30. Maybe more than that. <laughs> Seattle over Philly. Um, They're going to get them. Washington going to get them. They own for the playoffs from last go, year. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Redskins over Green Bay. Um, Houston probably beat. I mean, uh, Oakland probably beat Houston by twenty. And that's it. Those are my picks. Okay. Then real fellas, appreciate you, brother. All right, man. See you next week. Indeed, indeed. Take it easy. Uh, go ahead, DJ. Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night. Um, one is the Carolina. That's a good game. The records might not say so, but that's a good game. It's about time. We deserve that on a Thursday night. I'll, I'll take Carolina. I'll take Carolina. Who? New Orleans. Oh, did I take Carolina? I don't remember. I don't remember. Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Baltimore at Dallas. 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 Jacksonville with Detroit. 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 Tennessee at Indiana. Is this the second time they played? Indianapolis. I'm not sure. Uh, I think so. I, th- I feel like Tennessee is a better football team than the Colts. I mean, this is at home, and the, the Colts had a bye this week, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I guess you're supposed to pick Andrew Luck, right, over Mariota, but... 
I think Tennessee is actually not that that bad of a football team, and I think Indianapolis is that bad of a football team. Um, give me Tennessee. I, I was just going to go opposite of you. <laughs> so I'll take I'll take the Colts. Do you disagree with anything I said? No, okay. no. I mean, I, if you would have picked Colts, I would have picked Tennessee. Okay, got you. Cincinnati, but at home against Buffalo. Buffalo, I believe, is coming off from the bye too. Yeah, give me Buffalo, man. I was so unimpressed with Cincinnati and Andy Dalton with what I saw last night. I mean, just so unimpressed. Go ahead, A1. You like you was about to say something? Have you guys seen on Mario the stats this season? He's playing actually surprisingly well. He has like two different games with four touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. TDs, eight interceptions. Yeah, and probably like another two or three on, on the ground. I've been the one taking that from Mario on this set. Yeah, I, and and I'll agree with you. And I'm 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 willing to admit I was. I'm coming around. Sorry. Um, um, I don't know what what to do with this one. Um, with Buffalo Cincy? Yeah, with Buffalo Cincy. It's, it's in Cincy. Cincy's due. Um, Buffalo's not that bad. Mm-mm. And they don't even got their best defensive player. I don't know if he's going to play at all this year. Um, all right, Gino, um, is it Atkins? Adams? Atkins? Atkins? This nose tackle? Yeah. He's a monster. He was a monster last yeah. night. Yeah, he he uh, he. Y'all had no answer for that. Right. <laughs> the funny it's thing hard is, to get the, that much pressure from the, that spot. Yes, like. they showed um, Gruden's like whoever's guarding him, they're gonna need some help. And on the player showed, there's like three guys on him, and he still gets him like, well, maybe they need to put four on him. Like that dude was, he's on, he, he's he's a monster. Go ahead. Who did you pick, Buffalo? Yeah, I picked Buffalo. I I was I'm I'm, I'm disgusted by what I saw last night. Shady off a bye. Yep, off a bye. Shady McCoy should be healthy. It's be hard to deal with him. Taylor gets really elusive sometimes back there when you get pressure on him. He makes he makes stuff happen. Sensi's. I'll just I'll take Sensi. Just to go opposite. Just to go opposite. And they're they're home. I like Buffalo. Um, that wouldn't be bad. The Giants at home against Chicago. Give me the Giants. Giants. Chicago pack. I, th- I feel like that that Alshon Jeffrey thing might be this the, the final nail on the coffin. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win another game. Yeah, right. Arizona, Minnesota. Minnesota. I'll take Arizona. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, Miami at, at LA. Goff's first career start in LA. Sure, that'll be enough for me. I'll take LA. Yeah, I'll take Miami. That's a fair one. I think Miami's actually... I, I would have taken Miami, but I, that's cool. I'll take LA. New England over San Francisco. I'm a boogie yet. I think 30 is being conservative, too. After coming off of a loss, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they put 50 on the boys. Seattle at home. Philly. Seattle. Seattle's moving at the right time, man. Seattle's, Seattle's look good, man. Seattle. Green Bay against Washington. Um, I'll take them. I'm gonna give him Green Bay one last shot. I know, I know. Because I just remember that I I feel like that Green Bay team wasn't good last year, and they came in here and got a and got a victory in the playoff game and did it pretty easily too. Um, Yeah, you know what? No, give me the Redskins. Redskins this year too. Yeah, give me give me the Redskins. That 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 Green Bay team. Although I feel like Aaron is gonna be beating them boys up all week long, and he's just yeah. I'll go with Aaron Rodgers. I'll go with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not been against Aaron Rodgers. I'll go with Aaron Rodgers. Houston at Oakland. 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 
That's the Monday night game. They're playing that in Mexico. Yeah. You see the stadium? They showed the picture of it last night. Uh, little, it's nice. Yeah, it's big little soccer. It's a big soccer stadium. Looks looks amazing. Um, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um, I don't know. Think of anything, anything NBA going on. There's a lot of NBA. We could, we, we, if we get talking NBA, we'll be here all day. Right. Did we? Did we? Um, no, we talked about 13 threes last week, right? No, yeah, we did. Yeah, Steph Curry. Yes, we did. We talked about that and stuff. Kevin, the, hey, the, the uh, Russell Rushbrook when it's starting off and everybody was talking about, you know, how great he was and how great OKC was. I think they have now lost like six in a row, including last night losing to the Pistons without their best player. It's uh, two in a row, right? No, I thought it was like six in a row. Because it started off like five or six in a row. And oh, and they're... Yeah. Six and five, I thought they only lost three games. Nah. Yeah. And, and uh, they're bad. They're falling off. I don't think they're bad. No, no, no. I take that back. They're not bad. When you're out there playing for stats. Right. Right. I think it's... I think... A team takes on identity and was And I think if Russell Rushbrook's out there putting up numbers, then so that everybody else becomes starts putting up numbers. Um, was watching today on Colin talking about they're twenty seventh in the NBA in assists. That's pretty far down there. And, you know, they, but they've been there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what they do. The reason why you know Kevin's like, huh? yeah, no, absolutely, um, absolutely. Uh, but like I said, we can get into NBA and talk all day. Uh, everybody, thank you for coming out, uh, listening. Appreciate it. And we will check you guys. Uh, see us all next week. All right. See you later.